Welcome to Court Said Indiana podcast. We are episode 76. We are a second podcast this week. That's how big the Charlie Hughes shootout was. Uh, with so many Indiana teams participating, we felt like it deserved another podcast. And, and today, tonight, whenever we're recording it at night, joined with Nick Baumgart, who's been on here many times before. And uh, he's obviously out of Evansville. He's got his bombhoops.com. There's a lot of great stuff when he's communicating with kids. Um, you know, he's got some of his video stuff, his, his, his chats. Um, clearly, I think Nick and I talk about our websites a hell of a lot more than we see each other's websites. But uh, um, I know I see stuff on social media and it's, it's a good job. So Nick, as always, appreciate you being on and, and uh, you're doing, doing good work. So we're still trying to get you in to help us with Southern Indiana. So we'll, I'll keep working on that. Hey, Jimmy, how's it going, man? Yeah, we go back oh. what? what, like 25 years, like going on 25 years or something? Yeah, I, I mean, your freshman year, basically. Yeah, I mean, that's and that was part of the thing we were discussing pre, uh, pre-recording, pre which was it was good to be back in the gym with coaches. It was good to see some of these guys that I'm sure you got to meet during the recruit during your recruiting process. Some of them were probably still playing when you were when you were going through it. Uh, some of them maybe have been assistants. Now they're head coaches or they're, you know, so these are guys that we both have known for a long time. And, and like we had, you and I have known each other for a long time. So um, it was a fun weekend. Uh, we So much fun. The, I can't, I cannot tell you how much fun I had, how many coaches, Yep. you know, there were, there were there, how much good basketball was there, good teams, great players, uh, some well, really good performances. Right. So, uh, well, I'll tell you, so we did our pod last night, which we published this morning. I did, uh, did radio out of Bloomington this morning, uh, like I do every Monday. So we did about 45 minutes, uh, a lot of it on what went on this weekend. And in both instances, my, my initial reaction was exactly what you just said. It was fun. It was, it was good to be around those guys. It was good to be around the month of June is fun for me. It's a mini season. Um, Coaches embrace coaches embrace it in different ways. I mean, high school coaches embrace it in different ways. Um, I talked a little this morning about. Uh, I saw a couple teams. Their head coach wasn't even coaching. They were just sitting on the bench, letting their assistants do it, kind of like NBA summer league. Rights. I saw you rights know? doing rights doing that a little bit. Did Mike they? Adams? Yeah, Mike Adams. Uh, See, I saw was... Mike. The game I saw, he was up and pretty vocal. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure each game. Yeah, I, I just. I, like anything, if there's a method to the madness, then it's it's perfectly fine. You know, it's um, I, I, believe me, I one reason I like June a little bit is because I know after two months of coaching kids, I, they're probably tired of hearing me. They're, they're looking forward to get back to their school team. So I, I know what that's I, I kind of think I know what that's like. Um well, I think there's a comfort level. I think it, what, what was really good about this weekend, I think, was, you know, with high school. I think there's a comfort level, you know, everybody kind of knows their role. Yeah. And, you know, in AAUs, it's tough. It's tough because you got a bunch of alpha players, you know, and very rarely are, is everybody going to be happy and high school is a little more, you know, things are more settled, you know, I don't know. That's just kind of. Well, I think, yeah, that's, you know, we don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole, but I think the big thing is, 
that's why June's important because you've got a lot of kids in new roles, you know, or in some cases expanded roles uh, with, with more freedom, more responsibility. Um, you know, look at, you know, look at, uh, you know, look at, uh, I don't know how to, you know, what it would be like. Guy, I focused a little bit on Logan McIntyre, who I thought was tremendous this past weekend. You know, I'm sure I'm upsetting a few coaches that think he's kind of a sleeper and, and he's, he was brilliant this week and he's going to have to be because, um, you know, with Hatton graduating, that soaks up a lot of, a lot of offense for him and, and a lot of, or for them. And it soaks up a lot of his kind of two man game partnership with, with Hatton, you know, I mean, Hatton obviously was the, the main guy for them last year, but, but Logan think, was their se- second dude. And I think three A's wide open down there. I mean, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I think South we're going to is, talk about that. So no, he was right, good. So, he was really good. I saw him against Northview. Yeah. I, yeah. We both were there. I was there for yep. that game. We too, sat next so. to each other. Yep. Yep. That's right. Um, all right. Leave with the, leave with the, the statement. We've, we've got no real format. I, I'll say this. We, so let the podcast this morning, if you haven't listened to the first one, we had a little bit of a format with Chris. Um, a lot of it is because I know he does a lot of notes, which I, which we appreciate from the website perspective. We just got to get stuff in in an hour or so. But, um, we, you know, we talked about incoming juniors and seniors that will have bigger roles. Uh, we talked about some of the most impressive things we saw this weekend, either individually or from a team perspective. Um, and, and then at the very end, we talked about who we thought the best 1A and 2A team, 3A teams were that we saw, um, like specifically the best one we saw. And then we really didn't talk about 4A because I knew you and I were going to talk today. And I wanted to save a little bit of that for this one. Um, I will get your thoughts on who the top, who you think the top 1A and 2A team and 3A teams will be just of the teams that were there um, this weekend. But um, but let's start off with the, if the statement you made right before we hit record, if you remember what it was. Yeah, we were talking about Carmel, I think. I think that's the statement you were making. Um, well, the, well, the moratorium thing is what oh, you... Oh, I said, yeah, so we're in the middle of moratorium week. Right. And, and I said... Today, today's the first day of moratorium. I said moratorium is stupid. Uh, why... <laughs> Why would you ever close your doors to kid, you know, gym doors to kids, in, you know, to, to not be able to have access to a gym? I just, that to me, it's just. All right. Well, let's, let's get into that because when you first said it, I disagreed with you. And then when you said the last thing you said, I agreed with that. And, it, and that's the nuance of the rule. The rule, unless there's something has changed or unless I've just outright missed something, and I know there's there's a lot of people that call me when they have rules questions because I've I've always thought it was part of my responsibility to make sure I don't do things to get kids in trouble True. from a AAU perspective. Yeah, the rule doesn't deal with facilities. The rule deal the rule deals strictly with coaches, so there cannot be any coach player contact in that environment. And I don't know how strict they go away from the school, but my guess is is that coach can't be in a position where he is um, where he is obviously coaching kids this, this during this week. And I think a lot of it is there would be some, they do want some time off, especially for multi-sports kids, because you do have some, some kids that play multiple sports that 
dedicate June to one sport and July to another, or in some cases, you know, they, they inter, they intermingle a third sport. Uh, but to your point, there's no rule that keeps these kids out of the school. That's something that some athletics director said, um, whether it's just because they want to have the policy or maybe a principal where they just have the policy of they just don't want anybody in the building for a week. It's a chance yeah. to get everybody away from a supervision standpoint, or they don't understand the rule and they just think, well, you're not allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that. Because if you think about it, think of how many times the Hoosier shootout was played during a moratorium week. Think of how many times we were in Warren Central playing in, a, in, a, in an event with college coaches there, with all of us coaching. Well, me coaching, you were still probably playing. Like, you were probably still somewhere trying to play, right? Um, think of how many times we were in that scenario during a moratorium week. So there's no rule that says so-and-so can't go into a school and get shots up. The, the question is, is can, probably they, right. yeah. can they get in there? I mean, obviously they got to be able to get in, in there, but, but some schools are just like, eh, we're shutting it down. Nobody can come in. And they, they cite this moratorium rule and they're really just wrong um, in, in their interpretation of it. And unless I've missed something and I'm willing to take the heat if I miss something, but, but it does not mention anything to do with facilities. And if it is, then, um, it's a new rule or we've been we've violated it for many many years because there's been a lot of times where there's bleed over between the open period and moratorium week and uh, just i mean obviously not not the last few years but uh you know remember there was a time when there was in the open period in july was what 20 days so the when i was this was funny that you bring this up because i was thinking about you know, comparing the days now to the days when I played. And so I was looking up some dates that we had written, my mom had written down and then yeah. unsaved or whatever. So I left my house July 5th, Yep. went to Bloomington had two days, two or three yep. days of like training camp or whatever. July 8th, it opened in Indy. Um, there was like a three day tournament, right? Yep. Then we, then we, then we, uh, then we went to um, Louisville. No, we went to Orlando, I think. No. And then we went to Peach Jam and then back to Orlando, San Diego, home. Anyway, I got back into Evansville August 1st. Yeah, that was – Isn't that crazy? That was always – it was always Hoosier shootout. Yeah, that was the first one. Kentucky Hoop Fest. And then it was the best of the Midwest that Spies ran. And then there would be like four days off. And then it would be um, – some combination of Peach Jam and Vegas or Super Showcase and Vegas or Super Showcase and Nationals. Uh, sometimes you could do Peach Jam and then Showcase when it was 10. So when it was 10 days on and four days off and then 10 days on, you could do, you did Peach Jam, Showcase and then Nationals. And in some cases, you would do uh, Peach Jam, Showcase, and then Vegas, depending on what your affiliations were back then. So, right, right. Um, we, um, when I got involved, well, let's see, I'm trying to think, 
I, I can't remember when it switched to seven days on five. It was seven days on. And then there was like five days off and then there was another seven days on. So I think and you then, have to go back on me. You have to go back. I think, I think, cause I remember playing, like we would, we would travel. Maybe we would travel one day. We might have one day off. Yep. But there weren't four days off in there because I mean, we were playing like, well, yeah. Cause you got practice and you got travel, travel back and forth because we'd always come home and reset. But, um, cause I remember when they still had Nike camp and we played, you know, we'd always play our first two events without whichever kids we had at Nike camp. So, you know, basically mm-hmm. it would be Hoosier shootout and then Kentucky hoop fest. We would just play that way. It always gave our kids that played Nike camp a couple of days off. Now we would, it wasn't like it was a lot of kids. It was, I mean, I usually would have one, uh, especially at 16 and 17, but then sometimes we'd have two and then one group had three. So, um, and that was fine. It just gave other opportunities to kid, other kids or gave opportunities to other kids. So that was, I, I, I had no problem with the schedule. Now everything's what was, we got three full days. It's, it's basically 72 hours over four days. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a different schedule. I, I don't mind. I like it. I mean, I do think these guys need time off. It's always exhausted by the end of July. I can't imagine what it was like to play like that. I mean, I, I was just exhausted coaching it, you know, sitting and then sitting poolside with, you know, parents that were at that time, 15, 20 years older than me. So <laughs> hanging out, trying to let kids sleep. And I was young enough back then that I was damn near a kid. So, um, yeah, the, but I, I get I I agree with your point on the moratorium stuff on, on the gym access, but that's not what the rule says. So that's why I wanted to talk about it on the air or on the pod because um, I touched on a little bit the pod this morning, but then I deleted it before I published it. So, but uh, I thought having a discussion with you about it would be a lot well, more. I think informative. that's I think you're probably right because how it came about was I was trying to get some gym time uh, and was having a tough time in Evansville. You know, everybody. Yeah. Was, everybody shut me down. So. And that's fine. Look, if the school has a policy or the athletics program has a policy of, look, we're not opening the building. You know, they make an executive decision on, we're just not going to have people in there. And as a result, we're not going to have supervision. So therefore you can't be in there. That's fine. Uh, But if they're telling people it's because, because of the rule, then that's, that's just not right. They're not interpreting that rule correctly. So, um, Cause I've not had any issues getting gym time during moratorium week. Uh, it's usually the weekend this, this year we're not messing with it because the 4th of July is on a Sunday and we're just not starting back up until July 5th. So there, there's no reason to cut into people's travel like that when there's a holiday at, at the end of the week. So, but, um, well, anyway, so this weekend before we, you, you had mentioned you had the caramel question. Well, let's, table that, we'll if, you that st- yeah. if you still want to talk about it later we can um but what um what, what was your biggest impression this week other than the fact that we both had fun connecting up with people that we've known for a long time well i mean Ooh. i think yeah i just think basketball is really good in the state yeah you know i just think it's really really good i mean we had 100 100 teams there so that's approximately 25 percent of of indiana high school basketball was was at this event yep and it was the top teams, you know, most of them, not, not all of them, but, but a lot of them. So, 
but it's really good basketball. We got really good basketball. We got, you know, kids that are, that I feel like, you know, when I watch other events in other States or whatever, I just, I just feel like we have a high level. Um, uh, not everybody's a great, great coach, but we have a lot of really good coaches. Now, I don't know if it's just lip service, but, you know, you spend half the time talking to people who aren't from Indiana right. and who only get to see Indiana basketball when they're recruiting. And I had a lot of people say, especially the young guys that have never really been on the recruiting trail, right. that it's refreshing watching Indiana teams play. And it, it was just a, a complete change, you know, compared to other other locations. And, I, and I, of course, you know, I realized the snob in me is like, hell yeah, <laughs> you know, this is where it's at. You know, I, I jokingly say a lot that I don't know if they play basketball in other states. But um, the other side of that is, you know, I don't know if it's complete lip service because I do know that there's obviously well-coached teams in other states, but but maybe not as a whole. And I think a lot of that is because of the coaching environment that we've had at the college level all these years. I mean, even if you don't, even if you haven't liked some of the coaches that have been through Indiana, um, you know, been at Indiana specifically, you think of the the how meticulous some of their practices are, what, what opportunities there are to learn. You know, you've got 10 division one schools in this state. You've got the best NAIA league in the country that are basically made up of Indiana teams. And you've got the best division two league in the country where two teams are from. I mean, we've just got a lot of good college coaches or colleges in this pro in this state that, you know, you can just go watch practice anytime you want for the most part. And, you know, it's just a great learning environment for coaches and it trickles down, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I think it's just uh, to speak even more to that. I think it's a culture thing. Yep. You know, I was talking to a coach. Oh, and I don't want to like blow his cover. He's from Florida. Top division two program. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. But his comment to me was, Nick, this place is amazing. I said, what? What do you mean? He said, dude, we don't have facilities like this back home. Oh, yeah. He's, he's like, you know, and I'm talking about a major metropolitan area that he's from. Let's just say, we'll say Miami, okay? We'll say Miami. He says, back in Miami, we don't have these kinds of facilities. Right. You know, I mean, you know, he said the it's just the culture here is basketball, you know? And I said, yeah, as it's kind of, you know. But as you look around, I mean, how there were thousands of people that came through the gyms this weekend, I feel like, um, just tons of people, uh, tons of excitement, tons of, of really big coaches. Gosh, I think that one game with, uh, you were sitting down on the same wall with them, but it was, you know, Mike Woodson, Matt Painter, Laval Jordan, uh, yeah. and then Mike Bray walks in next to me, you know, so, <laughs> and there was everybody else in between, you know, so, yeah. Now getting to your point. Yes. You know, and I think when you have those, those coaches at the college level, I, I think it just, it becomes part of the culture of basketball. And so whether it be through camps or going and visiting practice, like you said, there's just so many opportunities for you to get better in 
be honest with you, you have to try uh, around here because if not, there's there's coaches that they're just competitive and <laughs> you, you got to stay up with the Joneses. They got to win games to keep jobs. I mean, it's that simple, yes. yeah. you know. And it's and not like that everywhere. You don't have no, to win jobs everywhere. It's not. It's not. And you know, it's funny conflating two of the points that we've talked about on that subject was. Um, you said there was over a hundred, you know, there's a hundred teams. I think there was 106 teams. And so one thing I heard coach Osborne talking about, and I'm going to sort of speculate on what he was meaning. And I didn't catch the beginning of the conversation. I caught the sort of the tail end of it. Carmel just used half their gyms, half their full courts this week. So they have eight courts in their building. We have two junior highs that are, uh, less than three miles away from the high school and right next to clay middle school, which is what they used this weekend. They also used clay as well as Westfield Westfield had had seven courts up there that they were using. Um, but there's another facility being built in Carmel for our dad's club, which is our youth program. If anybody wants to know what the secret of Carmel basketball is, um, which is something that was what you talked about earlier, you'd mentioned that. The secret of Carmel basketball or and really Carmel athletics is a to a point is our youth program that's been around since uh, I think the late 50s, uh, definitely the definitely the 60s. And our, our dad's club is, um, you know, it's multiple sports, but but then you've got you know, the youth, the football program and the basketball program that have extensive travel opportunities for kids who, who are the, the identified as the better kids in each grade, but they're building this facility now because there's such a demand for court space in this community that it made sense for them to build this facility. So they're going to have, I think, four courts in there, along with some field turf for, I, I assume, football, baseball, whatever. Um, and they're talking about I think they're talking about trying to expand this event to be as big and if not make it a complete state tournament. I think that's where they're wanting to go with it. Well, we're going to need, I, I don't mean to throw demands out here, Jim, but we're going to need some more days because, you know, yeah, it already kills me watching, looking at the schedule being like, oh man, there's three games going on in 11 that I want to see. Well, dudes, we have a dude. That's for dudes like us, though. That's I and I look. I'm I'm all for it. I, you know, I, I love having games spread across the week when during the school season. Um, you know, think of back back in the day, it used to be a struggle to find a midweek game. Now it's now it's yeah. commonplace. Now it's a struggle to not find a game, to find a night off, basically to stay home. Yeah, you have yeah, to struggle to stay um, home. yeah, yeah. You know, and and it's. Uh, you know, basically back in the day when there was just one class, you played nine games. If you wanted to win state and you got you got a bad draw, that meant you didn't get the buy at sectional. That means you played nine games, three at regionals or three at sectionals, two at regionals, two at semi-state, and then two for the state championship. There's no reason why they can't do that over a four-day period. Basically, you're playing two games on Wednesday, you know, or maybe one game Wednesday night, maybe – two games Thursday, two games Friday, and then – or two games Saturday, and then two games on Sunday. Um, and then, obviously, if you lose, you go into different brackets and you get a chance to play additional games where you're at least getting your four-game guarantee. 
And then the rest of these teams can play out in the winner's bracket and, you know, eventually declare sort of a, a weird, odd state champion. Okay, you're my um, rules guy. You're my rules guy, Jim. Um, yep. So I was saying, you know, like I was in favor of, of adding something like that, like a tournament instead of IBCA, the top 100, right? I right. was saying this on Twitter and I got a lot of, uh, I got some people that said, well, that's an NCAA thing. That's, that's why they don't make it a tournament. You can't play more than two games in a day or something. I'm not sure. No, it's, it's five games over a two day period. Okay. So you can play two one day and three the next and then two the next day or I'm awful. However, I, however I'm you a want to sucker for that. a good tournament, man. I am just a sucker for a, a good high school basketball tournament. Well, this has always been a tournament and two years ago it was a tournament and two years ago, college coaches could be there. There's no rule. Um, there's no NCAA rule that would prohibit a tournament. The question is, is do you have enough game slots to get it done? And they, they would because it would start with, and look, not every game has to be when colleges can come out. If you have to play a game Wednesday morning before colleges can be there, because colleges could be there starting at what, four or five o'clock. Yep. So basically it's a 72 hour period spread out between Wednesday evening, late Wednesday, late Wednesday afternoon and into early Thursday afternoon or early Sunday afternoon. Holy cow. So that's 72 hours basically where college coaches can come out spread across two days. But the NCAA rule talks about games during each day. Again, you could play two on Sunday, two on Saturday, two on uh, Friday, two on Thursday, and then one on Wednesday. Wednesday night and that gets you your there's your nine games if you're going to crown a champion and if for some reason you have to start Wednesday morning or before colleges can come out okay great so they miss one game they'll, they'll be able to make it up because everybody will be guaranteed say four or five games over that period I, I think it's doable um, I don't ex exactly know if that's where coach Osborne was going with it but he talked about being able to have 16 courts just in Carmel alone to be able to use for something. And then you throw on the fact that you've got seven courts at Westfield didn't even use Westfield middle school. So Westfield could have nine courts. Didn't use Carmel's main gym because of the water leak, I, I believe. Yeah. They're, they're redoing They're Yeah. They're redoing it. Um, and unfortunately they had a leak on court one, which in all my times of being in there was it's never leaked on court one. So it was almost, you know, like water trying to find its freaking way out. Um, but yeah, it's, it was unfortunate. I'm not sure if they but you could add another court there. Well, you could add four. I mean, there's four, you know, there's four in the field house. There's, there's eight gyms at Carmel. Then you'd have two gyms at Carmel middle. You'd have three gyms or two gyms at clay. And then you'd have the four at the new facility. So that's 16. You'd have seven, nine more at Westfield if they could use the middle school. So now you've got, that's what, 25 courts within a seven-mile radius of each other. Um, throw in Creekside Middle School at Carmel, and that's another two courts. So that's 27 courts within, you know, whatever radius, and that's all within. The, it all has to be at schools. It can't be at facilities. So you can't use Grand Park, and you can't use IBA can't use best choice um factory nothing like that yeah nothing like you well i'm talking about the schools that are right there by 
Yeah, probably sure can't not. can't use the the couple of secret courts that I'm not telling people about because I don't want them to be renting them out all under underneath me. Um, <laughs> the, the private courts. If you ever need a gym when you're in Carmel, let me know, Dick. I can at least okay. Okay. get you a place to. You may have to pay rent, but I can at least get you a spot. So, right. um, anyway, yeah. So that's. I mean, that's where they're going with that. I don't know. That's that's again not the discussion we were having. We were going to have about the Carmel situation, but but let's no. still table that until we get through the char the the Charlie Hughes talk. So, what um, what was the let's let's kind of go down. We don't need to stick to structure, but who were some players that you thought really stepped up in like new roles? Like the we we know the the great you know we know the lawyers we know. We know the guys that were making headlines last year. What about guys that are going to make headlines this year? Anybody stand out in that context for you? Yeah, I mean, I think there is whew, so many names, right? That's but, true. But, you know, I'll hit on, on a few people who I thought, you know. Um, to me, you know, I thought Miles Colvin, um, you know, coming into it, I was a little, you know, I don't, it's kind of – we'll see kind of up in the air as far as him as, as a high major prospect. And I mean, he's more than, more than sealed that deal for me, you know, at 15, being able to do the things that he can do physically, um, you know, and he's got so much growth ahead of him, but, you know, I think the knock on him has been, you know, does he want to win? Um, and I think he's, he's going to start showing that, that trait a lot more here starting this year saw that a little bit this weekend. Um, so to me, I think kind of in that way, he's going to step up as, as kind of one of, you know, one of the big names in, in, in two way basketball. Um, and I expect a lot out of heritage Christian and a lot out of him this year, you know, just as far as him stepping up into one of those statewide kind of, you know, brand names, so to speak. Um, well, it, it was kind of my knock on Lander, Christian Lander, just in the context of what to expect from him, not only as a freshman at Indiana, but an early graduating freshman, you know, a kid that left high school early to be a freshman, is the talent is there. The, the question is, 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 the will to be that kind of a player that is more worried about winning than individual, whatever stats, achievement, uh, making the big play, whatever it is. And in, in the context of Lander, because he was already committed to Indiana. So it wasn't like he was, you know, there was no intention of I'm an IU fan. I want everybody there to be successful. But the point was, people were expecting him to come in and start and, and lift up IU's lift up, you know, lift IU up a little bit. And, and, and my comment was, well, he, I'm not sure he did that at rights. You know, they didn't win. A, they didn't win a lot when he was there. They won a little bit more his junior year and sure. Maybe his senior year, uh, they would have won a lot. I mean, they won a lot without him last year. Right. Yeah. They won the sectional. I mean, they won the set, but then they start, they start out like eight. No, Oh um, well, yeah, maybe even eleven. Yeah, and I coach. I mean, I coach one of those guys. So I mean, I'm not. This isn't anything coming from them. Trust me. I just the main reason why I knew what their record was is because I followed that team. I mean, it's 
No, that's common. Uh, Everything you've said is is almost yeah. common knowledge. Yeah, right. No, I'm I'm with you completely. Mm-hmm. And that carries into the Colvin discussion because I mean, Heritage Christian was just okay last year. If if a kid is that good that soon, he should be able to. And sure, it's a team sport. Get that. But I mean, they returned everybody from the previous year, and including him. And I just thought they could have done more this year with that kind of a talent. Now, granted, not everybody else in that team is talented. There's, I know there's a couple of kids that weren't there this weekend with them. Well, maybe. Yeah, they had a couple. Uh, they were without a couple of kids because of baseball. Uh, the mm-hmm. one specifically is baseball. Wiggins. Yeah, he's a um, first rounder. Yeah, probably. The next Colson Montgomery. <laughs> yeah, more than likely. Yeah, not as good at basketball as Colson is, though. But but yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about his baseball. Um, but you know, on the team that he plays with, he plays for his dad, and that's I'm not trying to knock. I'm not trying to knock knock Roosevelt. Um, but they don't play a great schedule, and they don't win a lot. Uh, I mean, they win a lot of games in their best choice league. You know on Thursday nights or, you know, whatever that stuff is. Um, but they don't, they don't win a lot outside of that building. And that's, you know, at some point that's got to flip, right? Yeah. I mean, from a, just from a, you know, just from a baseline perspective of, you know, is that kid going to go in and do the things necessary? And I don't, and I didn't know who you were naming. I just, I know I've raised a couple eyebrows at some offers that have come out here early because I'm not, you know, none of these, these kids haven't been seen playing yet. And I think that's a big, to me, that's a big deal. Talking about motor. Now Colvin's got motor, no question about that. Motor and the ability to win, you know, does winning matter? Um, those, those two things are things that I hear a lot from college coaches and there's just some offers going around that kind of make me wonder, but anyway, but no, I mean, like, like I'm with you, like the talent is there, right? And we yeah. both agree there. And so the athletic and the athletic talent is certainly there. And he's, he's, he's got he's, some, he's got downhill skill for sure. He doesn't turn 16 until the season. So, you know, there, there is a certain uh, development and maturity. Yeah. Um, that I'm going to give you, right. I'm, I'm going to say, but that's got to start coming out. You know, it's got to start developing. He's got to start saying, hey, you know, um, I've got to look at myself as being one of the best. And, and to be the best, you've got to win. I mean, that's, I think, to me, that's that's just kind of, you know, especially at two-way basketball in the state, you've, you know. So there's him. Um, you know, I thought Jalen Jackson looked really good on what, what should be probably the best Northrop team. And in, in they've had in, in a few years. I know we talked about this, I think on Sunday. Are they going to um, be though? <laughs> are they? I mean, is it, how low is that bar? I mean, that's the Scott twins. How long it's been, it's been since the Scott twins have been there that they've been really good. Right. I mean, that group, that's just, I mean, that's just what, what we hear, you know, um, I know. and, he, and I, I watched, well, no, and I watched, you know, North Davies, who I love, yep. Jalen Mullen, who I love. Um, one of the best performances I think I saw, you know, was him against Jalen Jackson. Not not exactly always heads up one-on-one. That wasn't – but in the same game, 
Um, right. You know, had a lot of chances. Northrop had a lot of chances to win that game or to at least, you know, take control and kind of move on out a little bit with it. And every time it seemed like uh, Mullen either hit a big shot or found somebody on a great pass, you know, and, and North Davies, they're just tough, you know, they're just, uh, you know. The only and team I know, that can stick, keep up with Bar Reeve, evidently. Yeah, I mean, I think to me, that's I gonna think make, it's – that's 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 a that's a personal challenge to Omar Dillard right there, who's texting me right now, wanting to know if we talked about any of the, any of the Tinley kids in the yeah, podcast then, today. But I think <laughs> you know it's really hard. As much as I liked North Davies and everything they did, it's really hard to say that there was a better one A team than Tinley. Oh, this. Yeah, we're going to specifically talk about that, but I, Chris. Spillman yesterday, we, in the, the pod that we published this morning, there's a no-brainer that Tinley was the best 1A team there this weekend. Um, I don't know how anybody could think differently with what they did. Um, but, no, that was just that was just a general – because Bar Reeve ran through that state tournament for the most part. Pretty much. But, and North you know, Davies was the only one that gave them a game. Yeah. Almost in, the, in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how they do that without the size they've got. I mean, I know they control tempo and, and those kids don't make mistakes. Mullen doesn't make a lot of mistakes, especially when they're, when they're really trying to control tempo and the, the, the Wilson If they brothers, do make a mistake, if they do make a mistake, they get on each other's butt. Yeah. Um, that's well, they, they, they police up, each other, you know, you grow up together, you do that, you know? Sure. Um, did you watch North Harrison? Yeah, I saw him in that Northview game when we were sitting there together. That's right, at Westfield. Yeah. Um, I thought Logan McIntyre was was awesome. Oh, he's such a uh, interesting player, you know, because he's got so much. You can just see how much weight and how much strength he can add to his to his frame. Yep. You know, and the way he moves now, um, you know, he's just he's, got one of those knacks. He's way more athletic than I new he moves really really well yeah and as, as he elevates i mean we talk a lot about kids i coach about getting separation vertically just basically being able to shoot over your defender being able to shoot a contested shot with with being comfortable and and it being logical i mean you know like you can't just shoot you've got to be good at it and he's good at it College shots, I call them. Yeah, yeah. There you go. He makes um, he makes college shots. The ability to come off a screen, catch, fire it up. The ability to get into traffic and shoot not not just a floater, because that's obviously a viable shot here in the last decade. But but in some, in some circles, being able to really elevate and shoot a natural jump shot, and and be really good at it. I mean, that's he just. I thought he was. His shot making this weekend, it, it really reminded me of, of how Billy Smith has been playing too. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just because Billy could always shoot, Billy could always make plays off the dribble, but Billy wasn't always creating his own shot, and. Um, and making him with the footwork that he's shown the last two weekends. And 
And I don't think he did anything this past weekend to dissuade no. the guys that were in there early on him, um, you know, with offers. Obviously, Miami of Ohio was the first school to step up, and they won't be the last. But but I'd be shocked if they're not in the mix all the way through. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the schools that are that are recruiting Connor Asijan are recruiting Billy Smith, like almost like Billy Smith's kind of like the Connor Asijan consolation. Yeah, careful with that. Well, I don't, uh, dude. <laughs> I think Connor Asijan's a high major player. I mean, yeah. look, I yeah, love Billy. I love Billy. I was texting with Billy the other night. I, t- I would say I love Billy Smith. I love I, Billy Smith. I would say that. Uh, I think more had gone into getting Connor exposure than what what Billy was able to get up to this point. Um, And a lot of that is kudos to Casey Adams for the job that he does with his team focus program up there. So. um, Well, part of it too is part of, hold on, but part of it too is just Billy getting better. Okay. We were talking about, you know, he, he wasn't, he was a shooter before. Now he's a, he's a much more complete player, I think. I think he's moving much more towards being a complete player as far as being able to score, create his own shot. Um, so, you know, I mean, Connor's always been – Connor's got 2,600 career points or whatever. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Well, but he does Whether that. it's right or wrong. But has Connor always been that kid that was able to create those shots in the summer too? I mean, I'll admit, maybe not in an age group, you know, they're kind of Fort Wayne and Michigan with a lot of their tournaments. Yeah, I mean, I, mean very, I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen. He's very good in the, the fall summer. league. Very good in the fall league against, you know, again, a lot of the talent that, that plays in there, which I'm thankful but you're for. Gonna, but you're going to get me in trouble with Billy because Billy, you know, no, well, you're I don't the one mean consolation prize. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. <laughs> I know. No, but. It's my point there is, is that I don't think Connor as a freshman and sophomore was this tremendous shot maker against superior talent. I mean, I think he was good on Central Noble's schedule. Uh, certainly good on Central Noble's schedule, but always a guy that can hit shots, like come off screens and hit shots. And like I said, that's I think that's also part of the coaching job that Casey does in the summer is that he gets Connor shots. I mean, it's it's only lately has Connor been this guy who can really get it off the dribble. You know, and he's playing now for a different team this summer, you know, with the support of Casey, but he's playing now with a different team where he's not the focal point of the team. So now he's had to go out and get his own a little bit and he's doing that. And he's doing that against, you know, against, you know, competition that, you know, he's not, he doesn't see on central noble schedule. I mean, none of the stuff that he sees in the summer is where well, a lot of the stuff that he sees in the summer is, is probably more talented than what some smaller rural schools face during well, the school I, year. And I'm also saying that coming from, from my, from what coaches have told me, you know, I mean, it's yeah. just, I'm not saying that Billy Smith's not going to end up being the better prospect. I mean, it's, he's taller um you know he can certainly play the three in mid-major basketball um well and the reality is is you know connor has 15 14 15 offers that he only pick one of them so right you know that's 
there's going to be there's going to be 14 other schools looking for somebody else here um, relatively soon. So, no, but Billy's Billy's shot making has just been just a, a different level since I saw him during the school year. Um, Agree. Yeah, a lot more confidence. Yeah. But um, Logan McIntyre was 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 excellent. I think he's going to play himself into some Division One interest. Definitely going you know, to be Division Two interest, but Jim, you know was, my favorite guys impressed. My favorite play of the weekend, yeah, was in the Cathedral Floyd Central game. Yeah, minute twenty nine to go in the whole game. In the whole game, fourth quarter, game's okay. decided. It's right. over, right? Dude drives the lane for Floyd Central. Jake Davis steps up, takes the charge. Takes it, takes a charge. Yeah. Minute twenty nine left in a blowout summer league game, summer game, and Jake, Jake Davis takes the charge. He and takes I charges. Just got jacked, bro. And he I takes charges jacked. on his way to the breakfast table in the morning. I got so jacked on that. He takes a lot of charges. I mean, that's not to take anything away from that, but I looked at a bunch of guys. I said, "Offer that man." <laughs> uh, he look in, in the twenty twenty three class. There's. He's the best shooting big man in the class. Um, he's been putting the ball on the floor a little bit more. One of the best catching shooters, yeah. Than what I've seen, but he's been a pretty lethal pick and pop guy. I mean, he basically the stretch he had against Carmel was during the regular season was was a big difference, and because that was the the one point where they were able to really jump their lead and get separation, and uh, and Carmel could just never get back over the hump. Um. Um, but he, he rebounds, he can defend, he, you know, if he gets caught on a switch, you know, at a higher level, if he gets caught on a switch, he's not going to be in trouble. You know, you're not going to want to, you know, you're not going to put him on most division one threes. He's going to, if he's going to play at the division one level, it's going to be as a, as a, a skilled four. Um. They're going to make their, their, the player development plan is to try to make him a guard, you know, and just well, talking with, with coach Delaney on the way out. Yeah, that's fine. I stopped him. Cause I said, look, I want to stop. I apologize. You know, I've, I've not been high on Jake Davis because for what you've said right there, that he's, I thought more along the lines, he's got to be a, a four at the next level, you know, if he can somehow in, improve his feet, yeah, there's that's a, yeah, that's there's look, I want a Lamborghini for Christmas. I'm not gonna get it. Um there's some things you just there's diminished returns on how much on how much quicker some kids can get. I mean sure. So do you what I do know, you think? What do you think the ceiling is then for Jake? Because this has been something that's been on my mind for months. Well, I, I think he's tough. I mean, I think if I'm it just depends on the other – it depends on the rest of the roster. It depends on um, – look, defensively, he's a four. Just at that at that level, just period. That's where he's going to maximize his recruiting. It's not going to be a two. Um, he's not going to be able to chase those guys through screens. Um, there's, there's no way. And not at that level. Um, that's like trying to um, – the fine it, let you know what <laughs> challenge to coach Delaney put Jake Davis on Peter Suter coming off screens do that don't put Jackson Edwards on him don't put your best defender don't put the best defender in the class in the state 
on Pete Suter when you play during the school season, put Jake Davis on him. Let him chase his ass through screens and then tell me he's a two. Um, that's just not going to happen. Not effectively. That, that won't you know, go well, I don't think. Um, but I think, like, I think Jake is quickly playing his way at the Division One level as a four. I think he's a kid that he shoots it so well, you've got to close out tight. And the way he's driving closeouts, because that's what he was doing this weekend. It wasn't like he was ever going to isolate. He wasn't trying to isolate. He wasn't trying to beat people or break anybody down. He was catching. Guys were, were flying out at him, basically closing out tight on him or even just trying to, you know, fly by. Run him off the line. And he was, he was beating them. That's his game. There's nothing wrong with, hey, this is what you're really good at, especially when it's a high level, you know, and he can guard fours. He can definitely – he's strong enough if he gets somehow like, a, you know, they're playing a good Missouri Valley five, you know, a good Missouri Valley five man. They're playing he, – he's strong enough that if he gets caught on the switch, if he gets caught on the switch up, he's going to be strong enough to handle that in, in short spurts. If he's, he, he is quick enough, if he gets – caught on the switch he's not he's going to guard his yard he's going to widen the gap he's going to do his job but there's no way you're going to put him on a two for the duration and have him chase that kid through screens um i you know i'll if so i want to see it cathedral plays a big time schedule within this state let's see him do it you know get him away and get him away from the basket fine get him away from the basket where he can't draw charges I'm completely fine with that. That'll cost Cathedral four possessions a game. Basically. Get, get him, yeah. yeah, get him. There you go, Jason. Get him away from the basket. Do, do, do us all a favor. and Let Jake Davis chase kids through screens all day. That'd be great. Um, and, and the way he rebounds, I mean, he's a much more effective off, defensive rebounder than he is offensive rebounder, but um, – just because he uses his body so well. I just – I like watching him play. He's a tough kid. I do too. He's got, he's got great hair. Um, he does. And, you know, he's just – he's done all this stuff as a freshman and a sophomore. Yeah. Well, up and until play, now, he's, he's been playing football. Yeah, he's been a pick-and-pop guy for two now years. He's going to be a junior, uh, an upperclassman, uh, not playing football, focusing is on basketball. Giving, is he giving up football? That's what coach told me. Okay. I hadn't, didn't hear, I hadn't heard that, I, but I wouldn't. He could be at Carmel. I wouldn't know anything about his football. But I just he, don't, I don't follow He's it. just tough. Uh, like you said, you know, a guard four or point guard. I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's a four. He's starting to play his way into the division one in my mind, you know. Like, yeah, I think he's done that. There's how no can question. you keep, how can you keep, you know, not want that kid. I mean, he just does so many things. And it, yeah, he's, he's a unique player. I, I get that. But so anyway, I had to stop coach and say, hey. No, I don't know that. He, yeah, I don't. these days I don't know that he's that unique. I, I, I don't see what's wrong with the idea that he's a really good mid-major four or, or the, you know, the way he shoots, the way he defends, he's a mid-major four, mm-hmm. that position. I mean, um. You know, sometimes these discussions get nuanced where people get offended because you don't see him the exact way they see him or, or as, as good as they think, you know, whatever that may be. I don't know that Jason would get offended by that, by me challenging Jason, that, that assertion. Much. No. Um, but yeah, let him, let Jake chase 
kids around screens all day. That'll open up that lane. And I know Booker will be there trying to block shots, but um, that's one less thing to worry about is taking Jake away from positions where he can take charges. Um, so. so then I guess my second – one of my second favorites – performances we talked about this a little bit ago but you know foster lawyer yeah that was one of his first half against carmel was yep was just one of those games where it was just it was just fun to watch him i mean he was hitting you know every kind of three possible uh, step throughs from the elbow uh, you know a little jelly around the rim a little english just did everything he, uh, that was one of my three. So, I again, the structure we used this morning was Chris and I, we both had three things that we were, you know, were really impressed with. And Fletcher, the, the performance he had against Carmel was, was one of mine. And a lot of it's just because I'm so high. I have such a high opinion on Josh Wack and the job Here. that he's, he does yeah. as a defender. He, right. You know, and that'll – look, that hopefully that's the matchup in regionals again someday, you know, in March. Um but yeah, lawyer was impressive. That that's his. Here, here's the thing. He, second half late. Um, I think it's it was what is it? Weldy. Yeah, but uh, yes, Burke he, did play that game. Yeah, that he was runs, the first game. Yeah, he runs into the into Fletcher's head. I think something happened. He got yeah. Fletcher's first reaction is, "Are you okay?" Yeah, and. It's like, dude, he ran into your head. Like, you know, just – he's just uh, – uh, you can just tell he's just a nice guy, like a nice person, hell of a basketball player. I mean, a, a killer on the court. Um, another kid that when I saw last summer, I was just kind of like, ah, you know. Well, yeah, I think it's – oh, there's a little rabbit running around here. Um, sorry, I'm sitting on the porch. I'm usually the one that's saying like squirrel. Come on, Jim. Focus. <laughs> literally, a, there's a little a bunny rabbit. I don't know if I can show this to you or not. The people, of course, don't get the video. Eh, I can't do that without dropping my laptop. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I think it's di- no different than what we've talked about. It's the it's being the shot maker and the score versus just being the shooter. You know, and and he's still going to have some strength issues playing in the Big Ten. Um. Because this was the transition that Ryan Klein made from sophomore to junior year when he definitely became the focal point of what Karma was trying to do. And he had to be more of a score. And that's, you know, I don't, um, you know, Klein was, you know, every bit as dangerous. Was Klein better than, than Foster Fletcher, Lawyer? Lawyer's quicker. Fletcher, not Foster, Fletcher. Yeah, Lawyer's quicker. Um, I think, I think he's spring, he's definitely springier in his jump shot. He elevates higher. Um, Klein, probably a little taller. Both are pretty long. Um, but both just have that, just the way they shot the ball. You had to, you had to be tight on them. You had to run them off the line. And so that's, that was the transition Klein had to make. Uh, especially for him to 
again, this wasn't about being a, you know, this wasn't about being a big 10 player. This was about just transitioning through Carmel as, you know, as a player. And if he's, if he had the ability to do that, then Carmel was going to still be good as guys like Volovic and, and McRoberts and all those dudes were graduating, you know, Klein had to do more and he stepped up and, you know, he was still kind of a niche shooter at Purdue, uh, which is still a better career than I, you know, <laughs> you know, still better at basketball than, than, you know, me yes. for sure. Um, but, you know, lawyer, lawyers making that transition too. And I think he was, he was doing that a little bit this year for, for Homestead is just with him and good. They had more, they had one more big option. So I, I think he's better than Goody though. I think he's better than him. Well, and, and so just Not that, that matters, but along the Homestead line kind of segue in here just a little bit. We can always come back if you want to talk about something else, but no, no, we're good. No, keep going. Second half. And I know Andrew Leeper wasn't great in the Carmel game. But second half, if they don't have him in the second half against Jeffersonville, they don't win. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, and I didn't see them play the rest of the weekend. I just saw the Carmel game. He was like – so I saw the second, third, fourth quarter of that game. And he was like a video game in the fourth quarter, you know, getting blocks, rebounds, and ones. Um, he hit a jumper. Uh, he had a dunk. Um, he was just really, really good in the second half. But again, you know, kind of, kind of came out really flat. Did not play well at all against Carmel. I thought. Um, I'm not fully sure what his, what he, how he scores in the half court, other than secondary options like rim run guy, you know, offensive rebound put back. I mean, he's not going to be a low post player necessarily right um just nothing else because that's you know it's proven to be a a low efficient you know pretty inefficient way to score but just in general not not even related to any single player um but he i he just struggled i just i just see him it's gonna have to do a lot to be what i would say is a guy that can catch and shoot like a pick, like like with how Jake Davis plays, he's not that guy. No. Different he's, player. He, he's definitely not that guy. Well, I mean, I think they're the same player. I just think Jake's better. You know. Well, um, I mean, yeah, I just I don't think that that's necessarily part of his game right now. You know. No, but it, I think at that size, it has to be if we're talking about some of the things that. Yeah, yeah. If you're talking about people division are, one, people, yeah, or division two, even people are trying to make it out to be. He's just got to have a how does he score? You know, how has he become, you know, that's that fair. option? That's fair. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Cause we go back to Jake, you know, we go back to Jake at worst, Jake is pick and pop and a good defender. Right. That's his, Big, that's his strong, smart. That's his floor mm-hmm. at, at, at division one level. And I think he's good enough with normal progression. He's good enough that he, that's his floor at the college level. Now, if he can continue at the college level to drive closeouts and then make good decisions and not have things around him get sped up in his mind, then he obviously starts playing above his floor. But that's Jake's floor is very, very good defender, 
at a mid-major level, very, very good shooter, especially in period, let alone for power forward, let alone for, you know, a guy who can be a ball in ball screen action and handoff action for, you know, kickbacks and, and, you know, the ability to get, you know, to have him be like the back action read off of some sort of ball screen or, or dribble handoff. That's, that's going to, that's, again, that's his floor. And I think he does both those things at a high level and at that level. And I don't know that Leaper does either of those things to that level. And is, and is uh, Jake's a year younger. And Jake is a year younger. So, and that's just nitpicking stuff because that's, look, there's just, you know, he's going to have to be the guy, you know, he's got to be one of the guys that makes a step up if they're going to get back to what they were last year, which is one of the top four teams in the state. Pretty much, pretty consistently. All Well, hell, they were undefeated heading into the school, into the tournament, right? Did I miss, I'm not, right? No, you're right. One of two teams or three teams? Yeah, they, teams. they hadn't lost. Um, Brandon, Ray's, um, Brandon Razor Moore was really good this week. Yeah, I yeah I talked a lot about him today because the we, we talked a little bit about Will Loving's Watts this morning. Um, Brad, Bradley sounds like he's going to Bradley. Razor Moore is no Watts. Oh Watts, okay. Loving Watts. I mean, that's what I heard this weekend. Razor Moore's. When I saw him during the school season, was kind of loose with the ball. He didn't start the game no. I went to. Uh, I don't know if that was just that game or what, but it, he was real loose with the ball, um, over penetrated, and definitely could shoot it. And then this this week, he definitely can still shoot it, and he could get into a lot of places in one dribble, and into a lot of shots in one dribble. Man, he was good this weekend. Um, can he, he keep was it up? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I think I. Well, I mean, that's yeah. I think so. But I'm with you. I mean, there were times this this year when I watched some of their games where. And and Watts is a lot better. My my thoughts on him is he's a lot better when he catches off the move, than he does in isolation. And um, he dribbles dribbles himself into 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 spaces that, that's, that aren't really there, right? Yeah, the, the, and when the ball, when it comes to him, when he's stationary the, and it sticks with him, he ends up basically going one-on-three every time. But now when he catches on the move, which I thought was a lot this weekend, and also there were some times in transition. In transition, he's just electric, mm-hmm. um, you know, at least against other high school kids. But, you know, there's some good high school kids out there too. So, But I think when he gets catches off the move, even if it is into getting him into some isolation, I think it's just much better for him. It's much better for anybody to get those types of catches where the defender has to react to get to you. And then he's just gone and he can change directions in an instant. And he's just so long. Um, I don't know. Does he shoot it? I mean, I, I've thought he shot the ball well in the school games that I've seen, but some people think that he doesn't shoot it that well. It, who, who's right? Who's wrong on that? Well, I think uh, I think everybody. I think he's he's. That's been his problem. Is he's yeah. been inconsistent. You know, and that's yeah. That's kind of the knock. Um, you know, so that's on him. But I think you know. I think 
depending on what what night you saw him, you you might have a certain you know opinion. But I think you're right. He's he is really good when he's catching the ball with his feet moving, versus you know when he's stationary. I don't know some some guys are just just better reactionary kind of guys, and he's so athletic and got such such great twitch muscle. Um, yep. That he, he's just, just sometimes just better just reacting to to the play instead of you know thinking too much. Hands are you know arms are long, fingers are long. I mean that ball just rolls off his fingers. I mean he's you're too young to know much about George Gervin, but I mean I'm sure you could you know have heard about him. But the Iceman, the finger roll baby. Is that is that Loving Watts' new nickname? I mean, it could be the way he plays. Iceman. He gets he gets the ball up there. That ball just kind of rolls out of his fingers. I mean, he was I thought he was good this weekend. I know they were disappointed in the way they played against Carmel. Um, I caught one of the timeouts trying to get a couple of updated numbers or numbers that weren't in the book. And it was not a very pleasant time. It was not very not a very pleasant timeout. And nor should it have been. Yeah. Yeah, they were. He was. He was getting after it. That's fine. Like I said, June, I mean, June was what it was for each of these teams, you know, their own identity was they had to get their own thing out of it. And and his perspective was if you want to be good this year, then you have to be able to compete against teams like they're playing and not ever mail it in. And they were getting thumped. You know, they go out and give Homestead a really good game and then they're 20 ball at, you know, mid- midway through the second quarter against Carmel. So. Um, hey, who? So I think we got a. Do we have an interesting Mr. Basketball race this year or not? Fletcher and Peter and Peter and and I don't know. It's, I don't know if Westside wins enough for Jalen to be around in that conversation. Well, it depends. You know, Jalen so. goes to Indiana. <laughs> That'll earn him about thirty percent more votes. Um, yeah. Well, it sounds like he's going to Carolina. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What I do think, you? I don't know. That's another conversation for another time. But I don't. I don't see Peter. I mean, there's an anti-Carmel thing floating around there, which I'll admit the community has fed off of for you know decades. Um, <laughs> you know, and it. You know, and it even goes back to, you know, Josh McRoberts finishing third Mr. Basketball balloting. And and in a year when the winner was by far the third best prospect. Who's that? Uh, Luke My... Zeller. Okay. Wow. Um, I mean, <laughs> what Carmel did to Washington in the Hall of Fame Classic and to a little bit what Josh – did the Luke just in terms of beating him, not that Luke didn't have a good game, but, but beating him and talking and, um, you know, and, and then just, you know, who knows how that plays. Of course, Luke hits that game winning shot in the state finals. And I was sitting with Dominique James, who was play with me and finished second. And I looked at him and I said, dude, you just lost <laughs> Mr. Basketball. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and 
but a lot of that's based on what they did in college. I, I just had a pretty high opinion that, um, you know, McRoberts was probably had the highest ceiling of all three of those kids. And, the, you know, the one time I'm defending the non-Carmel guy over the Carmel guy was because I was coached. But, um, I mean, Luke had a fantastic high school career, but, but there's always this kind of little anti-Carmel backlash thing, and it's, just, it's fine. I, I'd be curious. I mean, it's kind of hard to root against Pete, though. He's not—he's not that same disposition, you know. He doesn't—he's more—he's quiet. He's not—he's not out there really talking a lot of shit. He's not being proactive. He's not proactively talking. You know, he'll yeah, let there's... you know if you bark at him. He'll let you know. Um, but he can also go out and have a six-point game and be the difference maker because of oh. hustle plays. Because he'll have six assists. He'll have nine rebounds, you know, and he'll probably have three steals. And, you know, but he, you know, he may go one for three from three and, you know, maybe make a couple, you know, maybe make another shot and then, you know, hit a free throw somewhere along the way. Because um, there, there were a lot of, there were a few games like that this year where you're like, he was best player on the floor and he had eight points, you know, so, um, to me, I, I come from the school of thought that there are 5,300 kids that go to Carmel High School, right? And here we go. To be the best player. Yeah. In, oh, okay. I see what you're doing. All right. No, I mean, to be the best player to come out of that many people, you know, your whole life has constantly been, you know, pressure to – there's somebody coming at you or something, you know, I mean, there's so much competition yeah. just, just to be the well, best at your school. You want I think the, it's the, just made him, you know, we, we talked about the youth program and I don't want to get too far down that road. Cause I, I know you, we, and maybe we have that Carmel discussion now. There's, there's two things that I point to other than our youth program here in Carmel that really have put Carmel on the map. And it's, one is the toughness that Mark Galloway brought to the program uh, when he took over for Pete. And it just wasn't there. Now, Pete, there were some pretty lean years of talent-wise when Pete came through, when Pete was the head coach here. But there was just a different level of toughness, you know, starting about Galloway's second year. You know, and, and some of it was brashness, you know, and some of that scene when Mark coached on the sideline at Culver um <laughs> they look really good by the way well yeah and you know and you know he and lynch he, he and steve lynch were having this great conversation this weekend but there was a time when brownsburg played culver at danville when there was something that happened on the court i don't want to get too deep into details it just was a kid was kind of injured and you know mark was like why are we stopping the game you know and and Lynch looked down at him like, dude, what are you doing? You know, and that's just the way Mark coaches. I mean, he's just got this little edge to him when he coaches, you know, and, and, um, you know, and then, you know, to, you know, so you, you think back at that incident where Mark was probably a little, I don't know, out of line. That's, you know, that's probably a good way of saying that. Um, and I doubt he even remembers it. I don't not even sure Lynch would remember it. Um, but it triggered in me because Galloway walks in the gym and Lynch is, I'm sitting with coach Lynch and all of a sudden Steve gets up and looks over to Mark and goes, man, I heard we got a boat. 
And I'm like, shoot, are we all using the boat? When do I get invited to the boat? I'm not, I'm not get to be with anybody's boat, but, but Galloway brought a level of toughness to, to the Carmel program that has carried through. And then, then Hetty comes in uh, and obviously continues that. And they just then, but then he brings with him, I'm a motion snob. So um, he brings with him the system that, you know, let's allows Carmel to beat teams running or beats teams walking. You know, motion offense is, to me, it's the best form of basketball. It will always be the best form of basketball. I'm not saying it's the only form, and certainly other teams have different personnel. I'm a motion snob, period. No one's ever going to change my mind. Um, you know, that dates back to going to IU practices when Knight was head coach. But, but you know, Carmel now has the toughness. Carmel now has – obviously, they're, they've been fortunate with talent. But I'll, and I'll tell you, get to the, that's the second point of the, the big secret, not really a secret, but the big reason why Carmel's so good or has been so good. Um, they have a system that allows kids, you know, they can win with balance. They can win with role players. They can win with if they have kids that are super talented like they've had, that they've been able to have, then they can win with those kids too. And if they need to grind a game out every now and then, they can if they need to, if you want to slow them down, great, they can do that. If you want to try and speed them up, they'll turn your defense into their offense. You know, they've done that to Pike over the years. Pike likes to press. And it's, okay, cool. Well, they'll, they'll throw the ball down the floor. They'll, they'll beat you in the middle, and then they'll hit a ton of corner threes. Um, but it's that system, and Osborne has kept that going. And Osborne has certainly added his own wrinkles to it, which I've, I've enjoyed watching a lot of their entries. He does more entries than what Coach Hetty used to do. Um, but, again, that's utilizing the talent. And that's also helping guys like Charlie Williams develop and, and get touches in different parts of the floor. It helps Pete get touches. Um, and Osborne has is, put his own stamp on it. And he's also willing to change up defensively, or at least has done it. Not that, not that Hetty wasn't willing to, he just never did it. I mean, Osborne's gone out and – thrown out of zone there every now and then uh we'll press every now and then he gets a little bit of a, of a variable to it but the second secret to Carmel's success is that we've got three there's three middle schools you know and that's you know north central's got three middle schools uh warren central's got three middle schools ben davis used to now they have two uh but but Carmel, ever since they've gone to three middle schools is basically developing you know they got 60 kids playing middle school basketball and they've got 20 kids that are probably developing in each class. You know, you get about seven kids at each school that probably get a lot of playing time in middle school games. That's, that's their secret. And it's obviously enough talent to help other schools get better too. Um, judging by Garen's success and, and as well as university, you know, so, um, so that, that's where that comes from. But I don't know that, you know, Pete gets to a point where, I, it is tough being the best kid, but that's that's the same thing for any school. Like, like you know, that's that big. Ben Davis, you know, North Central, Warren Central, you know, that level of competition at the high school level. But, um, I, I, you know, going back to your question of who wins Mr. Basketball, 
I don't, I don't, I mean, Fletcher Lawyer is going to be hard to beat. Um, you know, Jalen Washington, they did not look good this weekend, I didn't think. They had a bad weekend. They had, Admit, yeah, they had admitted, a admittedly, you know, talking to them, it's not playing well this weekend, you know, and I mean, they, I mean, they talk about it. They, it they lost. To do with, it has nothing to do with just winning and losing. They, I mean, because they basically held, they basically only let Jalen play half a game. Um, they had the rest. Of, the rest of their team just looked sloppy, and they they couldn't they couldn't score. They have a lot of kids too, like that have not really played much much basketball at an organized level. You know, yeah. So they're <laughs> it's an interesting dynamic this year. You know, no Kamari Peterson, and that hurts. You know, he's been he's the ball's been in his hands for four years. Nobody yeah. else has even thought about it. Well, the two kids that darn near beat Carmel by themselves in the fourth quarter, Krishan Christmas and Perry and Roberson. Gone too. I mean, just – but there's, it's their strength. Those West Side kids they got now don't, don't have that. Right. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, that happens. You get graduation and you end up not being the same type of team, but – but it was the six three, six four wings that at the end of it for Carmel were the, the problems. You know, they're putting all these resources toward Jalen Robinson and, or Jalen Washington and Kamara Peterson. And with Washington playing away from the paint for much of the game, you know, every time Roberson and Christmas would drive on thinner Carmel defenders, uh, it would you know, basically they would just bully their way up to the rim. They don't have those guys. And that wasn't the first time. They, The other two times I saw them play, those guys would have games like that. Um, um, hey, we can't we can't get out of here without talking about Jackson Edwards a little bit, though. Well, he, yeah, his, his progression has been really fun to watch. Um, he still has to – I mean, he's, his shot has improved. It still needs to continue to improve, and that's the one thing. But, right, I mean, oh, is there a better – always lacking. Better, Huh? Yeah, that's all he lacks. It really, I mean, is, is there a better defender in the state than him? He gets his hand on more balls, you know, just like, like just, just random balls across the, the lane, you know, somebody drive across the lane and he just gets a fingertip on it. And it's enough to just knock the ball loose or jar it loose or, you know, he loses the handle on it or I would Have not want to see I... him. Have I mentioned that I want Jake Davis guarding Pete Suter, right? Coming through screens yeah. and we don't want yeah. Jackson Edwards doing that. Yeah, that's not gonna okay. happen. Okay. I mean, look, coach Coach Delaney knows he's got a good team, but he's not he's not foolish. Hey, put your money, put him on the two. Let's go. But Jackson Edwards is not somebody <laughs> I want to see guard me at all. You know? No, no. Um, he's looking to dunk everything. God, he almost had a dunk on Jalen Washington on Sunday. I think Jalen well, yeah, got well, a Jalen got a fingertip on it. No shit, no, no. Jalen got both hands on that ball. That was. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, so he, was, he I was right close. there. That he was. I was close. right there. That was. I was on the other end. You couldn't really. Yeah, yeah, no. It was, was not a fingertip. That was no. That was. I love me some Jackson Edwards. That was Jalen Washington telling him, "No, that's not happening, dude." But I love that Jackson <laughs> Edwards wound back on him though. Oh wow. yeah. Like, well, everybody was, tries to. Everybody wants the the deer head on the wall. 
Everybody Ooh. wants to get their skin up there. There's no question. Um, you know, just like like the jumper though. That's 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 the consistent knockdown three point shot. I mean, he, he had a couple like right there in front of uh, in front of the IU coaches actually over in the left corner. I think. Yeah, I think he can. He's a, missed, he can miss him, but man, he can be a, a catch and shoot guy. I think. You know, that's that'll be the thing. The thing will be is can he come off screens and get his feet set and not not I don't mean set like stationary, but set like as in, you know, shot ready. You know, shot ready footwork. That's you know, that's you know, where he's where he's on the move and not just, you know, guy offensively who stands in the corner because that's where basketball's going. And that's not a reflection on him. That's just literally how the game's going. Is you sometimes you put Shooters in each corner, and you play the game in the middle, three on three. Our boy uh, Braden, Braden Smith looked good too. Yeah, he did. We know we both like him. We've we've talked a little bit about in the offseason of not talking a ton about committed kids, um, but yeah, he's. I didn't talk to anybody that didn't love him this weekend, and and you know it was. If he would have waited, he would have. And waited is probably the wrong word. If he would have. If he had carried through recruiting through July, he was going to walk away with a lot more high major offers. But hey, if the school checks all you know all or most of your boxes, and you know you you really feel like it's home, then you you go ahead and commit. I mean, um, right, right. he was he he's just you know he's just outstanding. I hate rooting against him twice a year. Um. <laughs> You know, is what, I that thought, amount, is what that amounts to. I thought talking about some other like kind of more obscure names. I thought Jack Benter from Brownstown Central was really good. The game I saw him play against Sullivan. Yeah, he's got so he's that, gotten taller. His body will change. It'll continue to change, and that'll be the thing for him that we've talked about. Being a shot maker against better athletes, that'll be his thing. Because he can shoot it, and and he is a shot maker on their schedule, you know. And and look, Brownstown is typically really good, and you know they've they've been down a couple of years because Coach Benner, you know Jack's son, or Jack's father, sorry, uh, has gone young. I am, I am your father. Yeah, yeah, um, but. They will – they got everybody back this year as far as I know, at least the key pieces. I don't think they graduated anybody that had a great year statistically. And he's he's got a chance to be good. If he can grow – if he can grow another couple inches too on top of that, um, I, I don't know. He's, he's awfully good coming off screens. He's definitely good catch and shoot, you know, just stationary, getting those types of catches. Um, you know, if he can start putting the ball on the floor against against better athletes and, and being a shot maker like that, then, you know, it's some of the same discussions we had like earlier with Connor, Sejan, and Billy Smith. Uh, Cooper Farrell, my goodness, that, that is a strong young man. Yeah. How was his, how were his handles? He's, he's got to get better. You know, I was talking to Coach Galloway about that. I was this is what Coach Galloway, you know, I said, how's, how's Cooper coming along? He said, Cooper's just got – he's just 
got to keep playing, and he'll figure out how to play. He's figuring out how to play right now. He's, yeah. He says ball handling needs to get a little, little tighter um, because he said right now he's, he's more like a three or a four, really. Right. Yes, I agree. So that was Coach Galloway's assessment. Um, you know, and, and again, it's who he'll guard. Someone was telling me he was giving up football. I don't, Man, I don't know if that's I would accurate hate to or not. See, I would hate to see that dude coming at me. <laughs> wow, it, he's strong. He, you know, I worry about him laterally. Just, you know, any in any field, you know, defensively, offensively, changing directions with the ball. Can he guard threes again? Can he can he be that kid that comes through screens? Um, and, and again, that's. Look, your position, your position at any level is 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 just is a skill set and who can you guard. That's those are the two things that you're defined by. And at what level can you do those things? You know, and that's that's where the rubber hits the road. And I think right now I would view him as as a skilled four developing three is where I would go with that. Like he can he can drive straight line and 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 mostly finish. Um, if you made him change directions, you know that when that's where things would get a little dicey for him. Um, but if he can get a straight path to the basket, he'll find a way to finish because he's a strong kid and he shoots free throws well. So him getting fouled is is a positive thing for for him and for Culver any team he's on. Um, but his his shots come a long way. I mean, I've I've known that kid since he was a seventh grader. His shot has come an awfully long way. So, yeah, he's he's definitely caught my attention. Um, and I'll tell you somebody who Coach Galloway mentioned he really liked, um, and they blew the the doors off of Heritage Hills, who was kind of without some players. But he said, "Man, he's like Trent Sisley is going oh, yeah. to be really oh, he was, good." I mean, from a from a talent from a prospect perspective. I would think he was probably one of the top four or five in the in the on the weekend, right? I think I would have to have to be. I mean, he's so polished for a, a six seven freshman, and I did not see him hit an outside shot. I didn't see him shoot an outside shot. I just saw I saw parts of two games, and really was impressed with his polish, his feel, his motor. Um, he was down defensively he was talking i mean he is i mean he's he's i mean he whatever expectation level i had of him when i went and watched him he lived up to it and i think you know he's going to be so much better when he's around guys who are, are just better you know i mean he was just, just so much above eighth grade basketball right well sure <laughs> yeah so now you know i just think once he starts getting around guys who have a little more talent, a little more IQ, a little more understanding, he's he's going he's going to thrive. For all the not, reasons you said, and and you know, he's just he's got I'm, just a dog in him, Jim. He's got you know that's what people. That's one of the first things they say is you know the difference between him and Blake is he's just a maybe a little meaner than Blake. Blake's a really nice kid. Both of them. Well, are I think Blake. he's a lot more skilled than Blake was at that age, though. Oh yeah. I mean, there's and that's, that's not, you know, 
knock on Blake at all because Blake wasn't in no, the All Star. He's going to Evansville. No, that's how yeah, good Trent is. But you is. learn. I mean, the younger brothers should learn. I mean, Cody Zeller is a hell of a lot more skilled than than Tyler or Luke. Now he couldn't shoot it as well as Luke was able to at that age. You know, at comparable ages, but no, Cody was, you know, on a on his AAU teams at times was bringing the ball up and, you know, and, you know, he wasn't out there breaking ankles, you know, breaking people off, but he was, you know, he was able to initiate the offense and, and move his way through the offense at that point. And, you know, you just learn that by being the younger brother. Sure. Um, you know, Mason Plumley was, was way more skilled than miles. That's how it should be. Right. I mean, yeah, you, hopefully you learn. I don't, you know, I mean, LaMelo Ball is a little bit more polished than Lonzo. Yep. You know, you, you learn. And if nothing else, the big brother is part of the teaching process. But, no, Trent Trent was really impressive. I, I, and I, don't, I know Heritage Hills maybe didn't have a great showing this from a team perspective, but, but I think they were missing somebody, right? Somebody said Smallwood wasn't there. Yep. He had a couple I, didn't see them, I didn't see them play school ball this past year, so I don't know what that means. Smallwood uh, hit forty eight percent from threes, about a five ten. Yeah, <clears throat> but they're not as good as those guys aren't as good as what Blake played with, right? It's, no, there's there's no. I mean, Becker's, Becker's or Simon yeah, he's, the younger Becker's not as good as his brother, right? I mean, no knock on him, but no knock. I mean, Murray's one of the best players ever, Harris Hill. So yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, and, and not there yet. And Cherry was. Smallwood probably is Smallwood comparable to him? No, no, oh no, okay. I mean, I mean, Smallwood's a really good shooter, don't get me wrong. Okay, you know, really good shooter, but like Simon Sherry was a really good shooter and a really good point guard and a really good right. defender and a really good playmaker. And just he's but he's a baseball player, right? Dude, he went to Evansville this year, and I mean, how can you knock him picking baseball, right? He starts as a freshman at for Evansville, yeah. second base or whatever, it's hits like. 300 or something. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe better. He was really good this year as a freshman. All right. Um, outside of outside of freshman, anybody that just came out of nowhere for you? Oh, man. That's, you know. It, or transfers. And I don't know that I Aiden Lambert. Like Aiden Lambert. Yeah. Really, not really came out of nowhere, right? But, like, he dropped 52 on Lawrence North. And it wasn't just the 52, right? It was – it was the shots that he was getting. I mean, it was yeah. it was CJ Gunn was guarding him a lot, and it was catching alley oops on and dunking on people's heads and shooting the ball from twenty four feet and hitting pull ups and trans. I mean, it was just everything. He just had it all going. I've I've got a kid's name. I'll 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 say it here. I'll say it here in a minute, but because it'll lead us into the discussion that we were having. One of the discussions that we were having before we hit record, but. Yeah, Lambert was really good. Um, that you hadn't had you not seen Snyder last year? Yeah, just on film, you know. Yeah, and, they, and, they, I mean, they love to play at a fast pace. That both those him and Jenkins both obviously had some some impressive stats and, and pretty really good in transition. I mean, they could just get out and fly. Um, they'd have some struggles in the half court, but but they they tried to keep that game up. At, at, tempo up as much as they could and and I, I saw them play South Bend Riley at Grace in, in December 
for Grace's shootout. So it was um, they they were both both Jenkins and Lambert were really good. But yeah, I thought this weekend Lambert was just that much better. Uh, he was he was impressive against Lawrence North. I just saw the second and third quarters, and I was like, yeah, I'm enough. It was enough. A um, couple other guys, but well, I got them on the tip of my tongue here. You're good. I thought, I thought Dijon Craig from Lawrence Central was awesome. Um, yeah, you're not the first person that said that. Chris Chris brought him up. In fact, he asked me – he texted me wanting to know um, if I knew who that was. Wait, I, when I watched him play, he didn't do much. It was mostly Kamari Jones and Josh Mickens. What, what did, say the other name that's on the tip of your tongue, and then we'll get back to Dijon. Well, I thought Jakar Williams from New Haven. Okay, was I didn't really, see them this weekend. Really good in the second half against um, uh, Heritage Christian, Miles Coleman. Okay, you know they were so. You know, and this is what I, we were talking about about you know making those those winning plays. You know, <laughs> Heritage Christian's up five inside two minutes. Right. There's an offensive rebound that goes up on the on the New Haven end, and Jakar Williams gets his hand on the ball in a position where I thought Miles could have could have just went in and just grabbed, yanked the ball down, and that's the ball game. Right. Jakar gets a finger on it, keeps the ball alive, corrals the rebound, goes back up, three point play, and one. They come down, get a stop. They come down. They hit a three, and now two possessions later, they're up 71-70, and then they ended up, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, moving out for the win. But, um, but you know, he just made so many little plays like that, you know, and he's right. kind of an undersized post player, um, good athleticism, can play above the rim. But, you yeah. know, he's just, just a little undersized. But, man, he was not going to be denied in the second half. So, that's – that was the other one that was on the tip of my tongue. Um, what did Dijon Craig do? Oh, he had 35. Who did he have that against? I want to say that was on maybe Sunday. Um, Damn. But he had 18 against uh, Zionsville. You know, I just thought he was really aggressive looking for his shot. Um, you know, I didn't know much about him, to be honest with you. I didn't know anything. I'm looking him up in the roster going, who is this kid? He hit a half-court shot at the buzzer uh, right before the half. Um, but, you know, I just thought he looked he looked really aggressive. That was, I guess, the thing that stuck out to me. His confidence was really high. You know, playing in that game, there were a lot of college coaches there watching Zionsville between Isaiah Davis and Logan Imes. And so, right. um, you know, Mickens, I think, is interesting. He's just really, really athletic and really springy. Yeah. He's going to play football, though. Yeah. He's got – he's already starting to get high major football offers. So. Right, right. What position um, is he playing football? God, I don't know. I think defensive end, maybe. <laughs> Somebody's asked me that, and I, I didn't know. I mean, that's that's about the size they are now. Right. I mean, 6'4", well, and probably weighs, I don't know, 220 two right now. Mm-hmm. And he's got a good frame on him. I'm sure they could pack another 20 pounds on him and without losing any explosiveness. Um, so the, the kid that came out of nowhere for me, and I got to make sure I get his last name right. 
because I've slept since then, right? Yeah. Um, the Hamilton Southeastern sophomore DJ Hamilton. So um, last year they had they had Dion Miles as a freshman who got some varsity clock, and he was the only, really the only non. They really didn't have any underclassmen get a lot of minutes. I, I don't even know that I could think of any juniors that played that got a lot of minutes for them last year, except for uh, Sam Jacobs, except for Sam. Yeah. And ref Stevenson didn't was mostly JV, although he dressed in their sectional roster. Um, so Miles was the only guy like the young kid that, that played. And for those that don't know, Dion Miles is about 5'11", 5, 5, maybe 5'10", point guard who's quick and shifty but doesn't – he's he's out there looking. He's, he's Heck, he's got great vision, and he doesn't take a ton of risks. I mean, he's just he's, – he's pretty crafty. So then DJ Hamilton is a 6'5 kid that is, is thin, and you're like, who the heck is that? You know, he's competing. He's not afraid of anybody. Um, you know, you're wondering if maybe we missed him somewhere along the way. And it turns out he's just a sophomore. I mean, he looks the part. He's, he looks young. And that kid played without any fear. I know it's June and it's maybe low stakes, but, but these are guys playing for a new coach. So everybody's jobs, you know, up for discussion. Mm -hmm. And he, um, you know, they're probably going to be a little tougher than what we thought. You know, they graduate a lot of guys. Uh, Jacobs, as good as he is, isn't particularly a, a score. And I think that, you know, you and I were talking about Hamilton Southeastern before we hit record, and they, they probably will be better than what we thought they were going to be. And, and some of that is because some of those young guys they've got are good. Uh, they'll have some steady kids like, you know, Eli Robinson, who will also be a 6'5 sophomore that plays a lot. And, you know, Rev Stevenson, um, Six six, really active junior, athletic kid, uh, who will, you know, rebound, run the floor hard. You know, will probably screen, but he'll he'll really be a factor in anything that has to do with energy. You know, anything that has to do with him having a really good motor and being a great athlete. But I think what might might hold them back is I don't know what type is how they'll score. You know, when things really are needed, how will they be able to get a basket? And that that's going to be the one thing they're going to have to figure out between, you know, November and March is how they how do they get in a tight game? Where do they go reliably go to get to get baskets? And I don't know if they've got that guy yet. Hamilton could end up being that kid. Miles could end up being that kid for them when they're juniors and seniors and and assuming, you know, physically able to handle it better, you know, handle the, just the physicality of, of their schedule. But, gosh, they, they both were pretty impressive. But Hamilton was the one that just kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't know who he was. Now I do. And, and I think if you, listen, if you listen to this podcast, now you do. And I think, yeah, and I think you have to, you know, we talked about this as well. You have to always look at Hamilton Southeastern or Noblesville who will have some talent as well, but you always have to look at those, those teams like that in through the lens of who do they play around them? You know, it's right. like, it's not like they're out in the middle of, you know, if Hamilton Southeastern's in Southern Indiana this year, they, 
they might be one of the better teams. Fact of the matter is they're not. They're they're in the gauntlet. So, you know, you it's gotta be a little better. And so I think that's that's they, you're right though. They were much better than what I ex- had expected from them. Yeah. Well, you know, right now that's you know, getting through Carmel. You know, for years it was getting through Noble. Well, for years class basketball, it was getting through Pike and North Central. Uh, the the early days of class basketball. Um, but you know, now that you know HSC has had some talent go through there, and they just everybody those guys, you know, Braden Smith's going through that right now. You know, the the Zionsville kids that came through. You know, with with that really good class of 2015, they had with Smiths, Braden Hall, Jake Mann, those guys, um, and then obviously was you know Isaiah Thompson, um, you know him coming through with some of the kids they've had, and you know now they've got this group is you know this is they're hitting a, I mean I don't, I mean I think it's safe to say they're hitting a, a program that's at a historic run right now. You know, they haven't, you know, it's been teams don't, don't win like that in sustained fashion a whole lot. And uh, it's just cool for me because I live there, but that, you know, we would be talking about the same thing, you know, with sectional 10, you know, when Odin and Conley were coming through, you know, when it was a great sectional, it was awesome. It was, you know, super, super talented and, all these teams had all this talent and like, nope, Lawrence North's winning it. You know, it was, you just never felt like anybody else was going to win that sectional while Odin and Conley were there. And, and until Carmel really gets beaten, you know, consistently, I think they're going to be like, you know, you're going to have to just keep beating them to get it done. I, I'd be interesting to see what happens in a couple of years, but you know, this year, as long as they stay healthy, they're, they're, I think they're going to still be pretty heavy favorites, but but there's uh, definitely some teams coming up, and Zionsville is going to be one of them for sure with the guys they've got. And I think Westfield is better this year than they were last year. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Noblesville will be better than they were last year. Fishers, I got to think about that one. They probably will be better than they were last year, but um, I don't know who do they, they lose. I don't. Yeah, I can't remember. Bryce Williams, Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah, they have. Yeah, those guys. I mean, they'll have Simmons back. You know, again, they'll they'll be like, and they beat. I mean, they beat Carmel during the regular season, but Carmel didn't have Waddell. But their their issue too was is. Now we're getting beyond the top, the Charlie Hughes stuff. But their issue, too, was who do they have to just go get a bucket when they need it, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And um, you just – so that that was – and that, they'll have that – they may have that same issue this year, too. You know, I thought uh, – I thought Aaron Humphrey was amazing. This oh, yeah. Weekend. You know, we talked about him this much- morning. He's like money inside 15 feet. Um, at least he, he wasn't. 
No, he's been that way. Yeah, no, he's he just has been. He's had a good spring too with this AAU team. He's gotten good at he's his handles have gotten a lot tighter. Um, he, he's he's attacking more, but at the same time taking fewer chances. And he's he's understanding that you, you don't go early in a possession unless it's just absolutely clear. And then he's got the body and, and the, the quickness to exploit it. He'll, he'll have some Division ones looking at him. He already – I mean, he had some D1 guys watching his games this weekend. Uh, you know, and it's I, – I do think that there was some question on – can he guard at, at our level? And, you know, whatever our level is will be the, the schools that, you know, just kind of was sitting around watching Tinley play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's low majors and, and mid-majors in that mix. And um, I, I, I think there were some pretty favorable views. I mean, look, they're going to have to get him used to it. Um, you know, he's typically guarding post players. And, you know, that, that aren't as talented or as aren't, very mobile, you know, that's, you know, he's going to have to be able to guard fours at, at the college level. And that's, you know, with, with guys that can shoot and stretch the floor and some of them can drive. I mean, he's going to have to be able to guard, you know, Jake Davis, you know, and, and some, you know, multi-layer offensive action. He's going to have to be able to help and recover and, and do so with discipline and, and, you know, that game, that game will be, if they get a chance to play Cathedral at some point, you know, that game will be telling, um, you know, for that, for him is that's a, that's a good, that's a good opportunity for him, even though Jake's a year younger, that's a good opportunity for him to, because that's the kind of kid he's going to have to guard at the college level. You know, I think in Omar said this like a year ago he thought usi would be a really good place for him mm-hmm. and i still see that like that to me yeah it, I, hell, I mean yeah i mean i'm surprised at this point doesn't have more division two interest but i think he's gonna i think it's gonna happen after this weekend because he's been he was phenomenal yep and pinkston was really good and obviously tenley was really good because they they went four and oh they beat four four eight teams you know, and that – I don't know what that means from a recruiting standpoint, but that does kind of answer the question we think we might try to close with is who's the best 1A team there this weekend. It was definitely 10. And, yeah, I think I think North Davies was, was, a, uh, was a solid – probably a solid two. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. But uh, for what the way 10 is just I didn't, manhandled. I didn't, no, I didn't see a lot of 1A teams this weekend. No, but I did watch North Davies, and I definitely watched Tinley. And um, I would love to have were... seen those two play each other. I would have been. I'll be honest with you, man. Yeah, that would have been fun. But you know, yeah, and it's my thinking is without. And again, I made this may be ignorant speaking here. I, it, for me, it's the you know Mullen can handle it. The Wilson brothers can handle it. The question is, can the other guys handle it? Yeah. And if they, you know, the, the pressure, the, you know, the length, the quickness, yeah. uh, the, you know, then the answer is, is okay. If they can, to what extent, you know? Um, 
Um, you know, because I, I know that, that Green County loves uh, loves this podcast, I will say. You know, Linton looked really good, I thought. Uh, as a team, I think not enough people probably talk about Braden Walters, who's just going to be a sophomore. He's six did five. He sc- How did he score? That's he does. That's his. He just does. That's it. his thing. He just doesn't. But he yeah. he's one of those like suitor type of players, where he's a really good defender, can defend one through five. He can. Yep, and he can. Any he, he initiates offense for them a lot. He initiates the offense and. But, you know, Joey Hart and I, we had this conversation not long ago. He just isn't interested in scoring right now. You know, he he said he can. I don't know why he doesn't. But, you know, they haven't needed it because, obviously, little little Joey. But Logan Webb is another – Yeah, they're going to have to get something to replace Lincoln Hale's scoring. I mean, some of it, Joey will get a production tick. There's no question. But at some point, it's got to be – Webb and Walters improving their production, but yeah. And let's be clear on Walters. I mean, he, he initiates offense, but it's also against favorable matchups. It's not like in any team that decided they wanted to put their best defender or Walters, would they would just have Joey then bring it up and you know, or somebody else, and then they had a Walters would probably be posting up because it's not something he's he's adverse to doing. He'll he'll post up anybody just as much as he as he'll bring it up. Yep. So I thought yeah, they, that, they were pretty good in two A. Um, obviously, Central Noble will be really yeah, good I didn't in two A too. But I, you know what? I didn't watch Central Noble at all this week. I didn't watch Linton. I guess I think it's just because I've got a handle on those guys. Um, here's here's the, the the and I hate I hate to not watch Gary West. Uh, not Gary West, but um, 21st Century. They yeah, didn't see them either. But they had, they they played – the competition level was just, you know, it's like, hey, I'll watch it on Baller TV this week. But I'm, I'm curious as to how the scheduling was handled. If, like, if Coach Dillard from Tinley just requested to play big schools. Where, I where think maybe... he could. I don't think that 21st Century expected to play that competition. Right. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying I think – because somebody told me there was a box on there and you could check. Oh, really? Well, and, well, and to twenty first century's credit, to their defense, they do they do schedule up during the year. Oh, they had the sixtieth best schedule last year. Yeah, they yeah. don't. They're not out there ducking people. Let's but be clear. Didn't. I'm not. I'm not knocking. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, when you're looking at games to watch, right? And I mean, I'm telling you this. I'm telling you, you're trying to find maximize your. <laughs> well, I mean, I knew that game was over when they were going to play math and science or Daleville. In warm-ups. Sorry. Right. Daleville, math and science, but yeah. It's a baller um, TV. It's uh I'll catch you on baller TV this week. But Ashton Williamson had like, I don't know, a couple triple doubles. Yeah. Should well, be the best player in that class. Do what? I mean, you could argue that he has as much raw talent and skill as anybody in that class. Yeah, that's that's not that's not that's true. Booker's your best prospect, you know, but I guess. Um, all right. Well, anything before we before we move on to just talking about teams? Any anything else player wise that? No. 
he didn't get out there. I mean, I, I talked the first podcast I talked a lot about. We talked a lot about players. I I um and we've we've obviously hashed over a lot of a lot of good players here this one. So that was good. It was not a bad deal letting you kind of drive sort of that content a little bit, but Ooh. all right. So we both feel like the best one A team this week is was Tenley. And these were just the teams there this week, and that's we're, we're focusing on that. Um, the best two-way team this week. Um, it's funny. I said Central Noble. I didn't even watch him play. Um, that's what I said this morning. But any well, who was your best two-way team that you that was there this weekend? I guess that was the criteria. Yeah, best 218 no, that was there. I not best 218. I didn't see Linton play. I didn't see Central Noble play. So, you know, what I don't know if I should disqualify myself from that question or not. <laughs> well, I, I probably Linton. Yeah. You know, they had a couple couple nice wins over 4A schools. They weren't great. You know, they're not the, the best 4A schools. Nevertheless, I mean, it's not they beat them. Uh, they did lose to um uh, for buff billy smith was yeah. awesome awesome in the first first quarter it was really really good and they could they just never kind of ever got back um I'm trying to think why well, didn't you go to that game i would say heritage christian was because there's probably some other game going on um well, yeah well sure <laughs> well yeah duh. <laughs> i was there all day. but i would say when did they play i you keep talking i'll look it up I want to say it was Sunday. Um, Sunday at noon. Oh, that hell! That was, was probably Cathedral and. Yeah, that was West Side. I think um, but um, but you know, I think Heritage Christian. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow his last name. Help me out. Come through, Jimmy. John sure. Henry. Um. John Henry for Heritage Christian? Yes. Oh gosh. I don't I know his I know his first name is John Henry. Um Mac. McHenry? John Henry? No, John Henry. I don't know. Ooh, I don't know. But I think he, By the way, you know, he he was a nice little uh, you know, didn't really know much about him. Got a little sh- kind of a low release, but I mean Knows how to play. I think he's would be a really solid D three kid. I did not go to Westfield on Sunday. That's why I missed that game. I was at Carmel Crown Point after watching. Actually, I started at Northrop and Dave, North Davies, and then I went to Christmas Attics in Jeffersonville. Yep, that's where I spent my noon slot on Sunday. Yeah, I was sitting on the wall there watching the North Davies game. You were on. Kind of right, sitting in that middle seat where you can see both games. I like that right. seat. And by seat, we mean floor. Yeah, I love sitting on the floor. I do too. I don't got to worry about dropping my phone or my laptop or anything like that. Um, cross, cross your legs, put your put your computer up there. You're good. Best three A team we saw this week that you saw this week. I'll let you answer, and then I'll reiterate what I said earlier on the podcast earlier. Oh man, I'm gonna leave somebody out here. Um, but, you know, I thought, really, um, Julian Norris didn't play for Bossy. They went three and one. 
Um, I thought we're, we're pretty good. You know, I thought Brubuff was really good. We've mentioned so, you know, that. That's where I went with just who I saw. Mm-hmm. And I went with North Harrison. Okay. Yeah, North Harrison, again, was, was – Culver would be in the same – my same league as kind of North Harrison, kind of. Maybe North Harrison's a little – a little more intriguing with, with McIntyre, but. Well, I, I like just, what I like what Oakley can bring to them. They've got three three juniors who will be anywhere from role players to prime. Like their two primary ball handlers are both juniors. One's the the kid, the little guy that brings it up a lot, and the other one is Caleb Kellum's six four kid, um, who will do a lot of things for them, especially defensively. But then McIntyre obviously good. But then Ethan Oakley, his his health and his, he's I mean he's probably not going to have the he's not going to have the year Hatton's had the last couple of years. But he's going to be a really good big guy on a on a schedule that you know, teams are going to have to account for him. And he's probably a, he's a lot more skilled than I thought he was. Uh, Chittard Chittard's three A right? They are. They had a really good weekend. Did they? Yeah, they ran the pool. Um, I did not see them. I mean, I saw them, but I didn't see them play. I mean, I saw them there. John Glenn ran their pool. I think they're 3A. Bishop Chittard, who did they beat this week? They beat Culver pretty handily. Greensburg. They beat Heritage Hills pretty handily. They beat Greensburg pretty handily. There you go. They beat Northwood. There you go. That's that's not a that's not a bad not a bad weekend. No. We're gonna talk about four A schools another time. We are, right? yeah, we're gonna to get to that. We're gonna to get to that discussion just as a whole. Um before we do, two two names. Micah Davis. Micah Davis? Isaiah? No. No, hold on. Franklin. Micah Davis, yeah. Just got an IUPUI offer today. Sophomore at Franklin. Had been homeschooled the last couple of years. Okay, that's a new think, name. I think he was a Center Grove kid coming up. And now has emerged at Franklin playing for Adrian Moss. So he was, by all accounts, impressive this weekend. I did not see them play. I talked twice to, to Adrian. Coach Moss, and he raved about the kid. He talked about a couple of other kids too, but he he raved about Micah. He um, and the kid who came out of it with an IUPUI offer this weekend. So that's Franklin. Yep, and then he's a lefty. It looks like, and then another lefty, Jermaine Coleman from Park Tudor. Did you watch them play at all this weekend? Because he was, yeah, he was good. I missed probably his best half of basketball, but I was at least able to see another two halves. You know, the second half of the game I missed the first half of, and then another half of basketball later in the weekend. But but he uh, he was really impressive. He stepped up. Yeah, I watched him against Gibson Southern. Um. And he, he was he yeah, had that was the, that was the great first half, half I missed. Yeah, yeah, that was mm-hmm. the first half I missed. I was not Say sure why. I, yeah, I'm not sure why I sat where I did. 
because we we were at the same gym. That was, that was Northview versus North Harrison. So you were sitting in between courts. I was in the opposite end, chatting it up with a couple of parents because of the kids that play. Mm-hmm. Well, I was sitting with Joe Hart, and, and then I was sitting with uh, Drew Cook's dad from Northview. Mm-hmm. So, and then Drew Cook and Kellums from North Harrison both play in our program. So I was watching that game and having some fun. And Joey was sitting there, senior. I mean, well, junior. Joey the kid is the third. He's Joey the third. So, but uh, yeah, those Jermaine, two. Jermaine knocked down shots. Yeah, he was. So the, probably the best shooting he did was that half. I missed it. But the other stuff that he's really good at, driving and just being being a pretty versatile defender, he was – I thought he was good. He's going to have a big year for part Tudor. So, um, all right, 4A teams. Did we learn anything? What did it, what did it, so last year the top four teams pretty much all year were Carmel, Homestead, Cathedral, Lawrence North, right? Mm-hmm. Warren Central, like, fifth. I mean, like, those four were on their, like, their own tier, I thought, most of the year. Yeah. Um, Warren Central was pretty solid fifth, right? Yeah, last and then year, where, yeah. And then where did it go from there? Um, probably without Addicts. Mobile? Probably Christmas Addicts. I was talking about last year, Christmas Addicts. Um. Lafayette, well, Gary, Jeff. Gary, yeah, Gary West. Gary West, Lafayette, Jeff, you know, Barnheiser. Um, so I'd say West was a solid sixth. Um, yeah, by the end, right? Yeah, you would say that. But but look, Lafayette, Jeff pushed. Well, so did Gary West. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're all right there. But, I mean, I'm saying that, yeah, you're right. Those four teams you, were probably in their own tier and then. Those did teams you watch, are probably in their next year. Did you watch Jeff play this week? Not this week. Oh my God. So I wish. So let me get these names here. Javon Buchanan was really good at from what right. I so I walk we walk in and, and walk in with another AAU coach. And he's like, Yeah, I'm here. Just I'm just here looking for the move in. I'm like, oh crap, I didn't know they had a move in. So so Javon Buchanan at Lafayette Jeff is six seven. He's thick. Um, he's he transferred in from Wichita, Kansas, but he was at Lafayette Jeff before that. So he left and came back. And he was offensively, he was spectacular uh, against Center Grove. And but then the other kid was Josiah Kirk Williams, six two guard maybe. Um, six three, and he was the best player on the floor. And I don't know what he did the rest of the week. What he did, sorry, I don't know what he did the rest of the weekend as I kicked my laptop. Um, but he was, um, he was impressive that game. I thought he, and I thought he was a move in too. I'm like, Lafayette Jeff's got like a whole new team, you know. <laughs> but he was with them last year. I went back and looked, and he. He didn't produce consistently for them. And in the, in the regional game against Carmel, he was 0 for 1. I'm not even sure I remember him playing. And which that's not good on my part, you know, but 
he was really impressive. Both those guys were impressive Friday night. Now, Buchanan is going to have to, you know, it's June, so some of this stuff is relative, but Buchanan is going to have to really tighten up defensively. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's just, he's standing up a lot. He's not engaged. Um, you know, he's, when the ball's near him, he's active, you know, and he's, you know, he's rebounding, but that's about it. And, um, you know, he was basically the Vaughn's kid. who's a six, five, six, six forward for center Grove was, was just consistently beating him to the glass. And, and he was having a very good game offensively too. And I'm not entirely sure that's his part of his game, you know, where he's driving and slashing and, you know, creating or not, you know, scoring like that. But he was having a great game against Lafayette Jeff. But, but these two Jeff kids, man, were, were really impressive. And, and I, I feel bad because I don't know who Kirk Williams is or I didn't know who he was before that. I do, I do now. I have no clue if what he did the other three games, you know, and right. if, if what he did that game against Center Grove is sustainable. Now, Center Grove was missing three starters. Um, but I don't know if his production that game was sustainable or not. But um, I, I think we talk about 4A teams. You know, Lafayette Jeff lost out almost all their production. And they'll probably be back. And they'll probably be, you know, a top 10 team this year. Um, we'll see what kind of depth they have. But, I, I mean, they'll at least start the year in the top 10. Especially the way the voting works. I mean – I think, you know, you're talking about a, a 4A team that is kind of could surprise some people. Man, I think Mount Vernon is going to be really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. They got a chance. Um, they got a chance to be really good. You know, and I mean, again, I don't, you know, what, what type of, you know, the, well, let me get there. Ahmad Girard was, get, was getting anything he wanted. On uh, on Friday against Evansville Harrison, against Janai Summers, I mean, he was just anything he wanted. They beat Evansville Harrison. Now Johnny Summers was Johnny Summers. He was in, he's injured, right? Yeah, he sprained an ankle, but no, he played this weekend. See, then they um, whacked Lafayette Jeff. So I'm not going to say that it was, and they beat North Davies in overtime. Uh, they didn't, wait, they didn't play North Davies. Um, oh, are you talking about? Oh, you talking about Mount Vernon? Oh yeah, Mount Vernon. My bad. Yeah, about Harrison. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, Mount Vernon. Yeah, what did they end up doing this weekend? Well, uh, they throttled everybody they played. They beat Lafayette. They beat Evansville Harrison by twenty-seven. They beat Batesville by thirty-four. They beat South Bend Adams by thirty-four, and they beat Lafayette Jeff by thirty-two. So yeah, they're. They were impressive. I mean, they got a lot of pieces there. I did, I did not see them this weekend. I will say that I know their JV team had a couple of 6'5 kids that are decent athletes, that, that football players. The One of them definitely is a football player. They, I could see those guys incorporating some size and some toughness and, and into the what they've got with um, – Gil, um, gosh, I'm going to have to look up his name. Obviously, the, the two Gerard twins. Um, they got Avery Williams, five uh, ten guard, can really shoot. Eli Brendenthal, um, yeah, Brendenthal's good. And then it's really the, good. Rajan Wells. I'll get to it later. 
but they returned six guys who averaged between, I want to say, 6.8 and 13 points. Yeah, it's Cooper Galley. That's who I was Cooper, thinking of. Cooper Galley, yep. Yeah, Eli Bridenthal, the Gerard twins. Now I coach their dad. That's how old I am. Yeah, getting old, dude. He's my age. Yeah, he is. He's a year younger. Wait. Hmm. My age. You're 99? Yeah. You graduated in 99. What did I think? 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. I but So here's the thing. So Lawrence North, we don't think it's going to be top four, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're behind the Lawrence North? Yeah, I mean they've got oh, guns. I mean they, they they were bad this weekend, but they're pl- they're playing. This is going to sound mean. They're they're playing. A, they were playing a couple kids that certainly won't be playing, getting varsity minutes during the school season. If if everybody comes back, you know, but if, like um, oh, Omar Cooper, right, but. You know, if he plays, they, they need they need him to play. I mean, there's I guess there's a possibility. You know, he's going to play college football. He could just. But there's a long there was a long stretch of game there where Kobe Bowles wasn't playing. There's a long stretch of game there where Miles wasn't playing. Um, you know, you're going to have. I mean, Kobe Bowles is going to be a quality for a sophomore. He's going to be a quality point guard at that level. You know, for that schedule. He's going to be able to hold his own. It's the it's the other pieces besides Gun that. Now, what happens if they get Kamari Lance? Is he coming back? <laughs> yeah, that's what the rumor is. Yeah, I hate to get too deep in the rumors, but yeah, it's either either he's going to go to Brownsburg where he's and live with his mom, or he's going to go to Lawrence North and live with his dad. It's one or the other. It's what I'm hearing. The old prolific prep not getting it done. Prolific? We're not we're not fans of prolific prep on this podcast. <laughs> uh, Jan- hey, Janai, not to get into rumors, but this is fact. Janai Summers visited uh, Elevation Prep today. Did he really? Yeah. And then he headed sure over that... to Southeast Missouri State. I'm not sure how that had how that went this year. Well, Reggie's back at Arsenal Tech. Right. Well, back. Yeah, he's back in well, Indiana. Well, not back. He's he's just back in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, that's fulfilling the prediction we made last year at this time. Hmm. Is that he, when they when they hired Damon Turner, that Reggie would end up there, just a year later. Just. Yeah, I don't know how it's going. Well, I mean, Tech will be. I mean, yeah, Tech will be good, and Lizenby's enrolled there. Lizenby, he wasn't playing this weekend, right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that was. The I deal didn't see was there, and, and it could be he's not enrolled yet. I don't know. Um, but according to his father, that's where he's going to be. No, it was so in the roster. He's in the roster for. Our yeah, season. I saw that too. So he's got to be enrolled. But any anybody, so if Carmel State contender, right? Yeah. I mean, this is the deepest group they've had in a while. I mean, I don't, you know, they're not impervious. Carmel over Cathedral? Well, I'm going to say that now, sure. You know, until they, until somebody actually beats them in March, yes. But that's just me being me. 
but uh, I think there's a lot of guys that are like that. And it's not nothing to do with Carlo until they get beat in March. Well, there's certainly a point to be, to me. Yeah. You know, you're sure. Yeah, I mean, Pete's, I mean, I've tweeted this twice now. Pete Suter is one of two players, Brandon Northern being the other one from Silver Creek could end up going down as four year varsity players that never, that don't, didn't lose a game in March. And didn't well, lose a state so- tournament game. Suter's got a lot better shot. Silver Creek did not look good. Yeah, this Super. year. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, and four A. Listen, four A. Four A. Indiana basketball is another animal. Yeah, I know. Yeah, absolutely. Not to knock. You know, you're right. I mean, so but Cathedral's still part of that top tier, no question. Cathedral's um, going to start five five Division One players, right? And Jaron Tibbs looked really darn good too this weekend. He looked better this weekend than he did in the top 100. No question. No question. He looked way more confident this weekend, way more active. And I think that's the difference between being with your team and being at a camp. I get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hated um, those camps. Hated them. I try um, not to let that affect me now as I. Homestead's going to be right there as well. 100%. I mean, even what we talked about with Leaper, not really sure what he is offensively at that at this level. He's a viable, athletic, strong, big, really good you know, high school player. Great high yeah, school player. Yeah, his brother's right there with him, and then Kyron Klopwicki, who I, who despite being from Carmel, I can never remember how to pronounce his name. Sorry, Kapuki, right? Kapuki, yeah. Hey, why is he from Carmel and he's he's at Homestead now? What's going on here? Uh, uh, his dad teaches. His dad teaches at Manchester. Okay, and well, I love. Commute- yeah, he was commuting for the first year after taking that job, and they, as a family, they just decided it was too much. Hey, and so I really like there. I really like him. He's really long for a point guard. He is, guard. yeah. He's, and that's you know that's the again they lose him. Carmel loses him. It's still the deepest they're going to be in in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Warren Central going to be in that mix again. Yeah, I think I so. I did not I see what they have in the backcourt yet. I mean, they lose a lot of leadership. They have a lot of leadership, both in the traditional things that we like to see in, in a Malik Stanley and then that brash cockiness talker that, you know, <laughs> that, that Sean Black was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's – I mean, it's, that's there's a lot of said for that. You know, I don't think they're going to be as good as last year. So, you know, maybe you got to dial them back a, a little bit. But, you know, I have a hard time believing that Warren Central is not going to be able to field. Um, well, true. But we're talking very about. athletic, you know. I, I agree. We're, we're talking about last year heading into the state tournament. Mm-hmm. I don't know that anybody of a casual interest, and I consider you and me both as casual interest people. Like, we're not. I mean, I know I'm a Carmel dude, but, I mean, we're not actually tied to teams i mean no no i have no ties but lawrence north cathedral carmel homestead anyone any one of those four was going to win state mm-hmm. i don't think anybody wavered from that except for people who just were hardcore i'm going with my team now i'm probably the hardcore going with my carmel guys but <laughs> but at the same time i don't know remove me from the equation i don't know that anybody who didn't who thought any of the one of those four teams weren't going to win it right there may have been a random Gary West, you know, uh, plea out there. I'm betting we got to put Valparaiso in this discussion somewhere, right? Who's so? 
We're talking about four A in general, not just who was it. Yeah, Charlie. Yeah, no, no. So yeah, I think Valpo. I mean, who who comes out of the top uh, out of the north? You know, you got Crown Point, you got Chesterton. Yeah, but but um, yeah, Chesterton looked better than Crown Point this weekend. And I mean, we're probably going to have this discussion again in November mm-hmm. when we really start previewing mm-hmm. things. But Chesterton, we got to you know we'll remember some of this stuff. Chesterton looked a, looked better than Crown Point. As good as AJ Lux was this weekend, and, and especially oh, he's he, shooting he it well, get, he can get rolling. Um, Chesterton was was better than mm-hmm. they this weekend. So Chesterton and Valpo, that's the same sectional. So, um, I mean, it's not going to be sectional eight or sectional ten, but it's you know it's right it's no there. But they're they're both. I mean, Valpo's got as far as like important pieces back. They've got everybody back. Yeah, Chesterton. They lost. Who, who's the six six kid that could really shoot it? They lost him. Um, but they're but they're going to be really good. I mean, Grayson was really good against uh, Brayden oh, Smith. I mean, you know, he was he was good, really him. solid. I mean, I love him. I mean, I like Brayden better, but I love Travis Grayson. So, Zach Tyler, Zach, you know, who does this with me every week. Sure. He, he, I think he would adopt Grayson if, you know, his parents would let him. So, <laughs> um, anybody else, any, any other 4A team up there, up north? I mean, like South Bend Adams is not going to be the same. Mm. Um, uh, Riley's not the same. No, Riley's definitely not the same. St. Joe's is well, St. Joe's is three A, but um, I'm trying. I mean, to if think. we were to have the same discussion for three A, Mishawaka Marion's going to have to be part of that mix. But uh-huh. did you see them this weekend? I did not. I didn't either. I was kind of from what I understand. It's like three guys score, and nobody else does. No, yeah, those three Richard guys are all Brooks. pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brooks and Kalakia and um, Sullivan. And, and Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Now that that works to a point, and that may work against three A teams, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think other like Bloomington South did not look like the same Bloomington South as or but they're but they've got young guys. They're playing young guys. I mean, Bloomington North is going to be good, and they may they may get out of that sectional now, but they're not going to be at that level, right? Did you watch them play? I did, yeah. Um, Columbus North, I mean, they lost a lot. Uh, let's say Christmas Addicts. I know it's not in that sectional, but, I mean, if we're talking I about think, teams. I think they're not as good as they were last year. I, I, they don't have the length that they had last year. Uh, Certainly don't they, have a, the point guard. They don't have the, sh- the 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 variation of shifty scores that they had last year. Now I do like their young guys. Um, I'm gonna flip this so I can. Christian Nunn some... coming over from Liberty Christian. Um, he helps, but let's see. And, and Liberty see. Christian went. They went four and zero this this weekend without, and they she lost Christian. Yeah. I mean, but let let's see what Nunn. Let's see. Look, he's good, and he had a. He was really good this weekend. He's he's picked yeah. up a Division two offer. Let's see how his downhillness 
that's not a word, his downhillness is after, you know, film and scouting and things like that. And people start scheming it. hundred percent, hundred percent. Sure. You know, he's still going to be still going to be effective, but um, yeah, I don't think addicts is as good as they were. Now I like their young guards. I mean, Rutland and Ron Rutland and, Demetrius Jenkins, Jenkins, those guys are sophomores, and then Chris Hurt is a freshman that that got a lot of minutes this weekend, and they were missing one of their older guards, Smith. Um, yeah, but but I don't think. Excuse me, I'm going to yawn now. I don't think they're as as good as they were last year. Now they'll still be good, but um, you know, I mean, I think I think Ben Davis takes a step forward. Yeah. I think they start becoming part of this discussion because they're going to, you know, that gives them a chance to get through on the West side. Um, Anderson will be better, but they're not going to be part of this discussion, right? Westfield, Westfield, Zionsville. Do we, I mean, we're not, I mean, we're not going to, I mean, Westfield's better than they were last year. Zionsville will be better than they were last year. Yeah. Um. And as good as I think Carmel is, I don't know that they will be better than they were last year. Man, I mean, it, they will be a lot deeper. Of it's gonna, a lot of it's going to depend on on the step that Sam Orm takes. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and you know, and he's got a long way to go in, in making contact and making plays through contact. And I love him. I mean, I love Sam. You know, his his long term outlook is. Yeah, no, I, I I agree, but yeah, we're. I just thought yeah, he could have he could have stepped up. There were a lot of times on against Homestead where Carmel was, you know, without Peter Suter still looking looking for some kind of offense. That that'll be and, something they won't have to worry about. They will have the the one thing they can do this year that they couldn't do in the past. They'll have they have more two way players. Um. They have guys who they can now put lineups out there where everybody can score and they don't give anything up defensively. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that anybody will, that's not to say they'll have, I mean, Charlie Williams will be better than he was last year. Uh, Suter, you know, let's say he's the same, um, you know, if not a little bit better, better shooter hard to improve on the other stuff that he does well because he just does everything it's so hard he's got such a good motor it's hard to imagine him having a better motor right um you know but yeah orm versus waddell orm is a junior versus waddell is a senior um charlie williams as a junior versus charlie williams as a senior um you know it's then it's it's guys like Bonds and, and Jared Bonds and Spencer White. And, and you know, they're going to have multiple kids who can play the point off the bench, whether it be Burke Weldy or Jake Griffin. Um, you know, they went deep early and often in games this weekend. And, you know, I don't know how that plays out during the season, but I still think they're going to be able to play nine guys, which is not something they've done a lot over the years. Um, they play nine guys, and the worst shooter might be whack. You know, from range. Mm-hmm. So, but 
yeah, I don't know. I, I, anybody down south that's 4A, Jeffersonville will probably be, will it be better? Yes. I mean, Loving's Watts will be better than he was last year. Razor Moore will be better than he was last year, but they won't have Fairman. So you lose Jalen Fairman. Yeah. That hurts a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with. I don't know where I'm going with this. I guess I was thinking, you know, would we? So, so instead of having four teams that we think are, you all gonna be good. You think so? They lose Stanton. They lose someone Stanton? said Bi- someone said Bivens may not play. Where'd Stanton go? He moved to Louisville. He transferred yeah. to Ballard. And someone said Bivens may not play. Like he's a baseball player. Like he may focus on baseball now. Louisville, so. Wow. Okay. We'll count that they had a weird year last year anyway. They go up and get 30 balled by Zionsville. Then they beat Silver Creek. They take Carmel down to about the final, what, four minutes and lose the Blackford. I mean, they, I'm, guessing, they, they, I'm guessing that, that he moved, he transferred to, to Ballard because he didn't think his recruitment was going the way it was. I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, as wonky as those, as wonky as those results were that I just named, I, well, you know, who knows? Who knows what you know what went on down there last year? I mean, I know not that it's anything dark or bad, just it was definitely inconsistent. Um, well, well, interesting. Well, so it sounds like we'll have three really, really good teams, and then more teams underneath them who will compete. Is that fair? Yeah, no, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, cool. I mean, go with it. Floyd Central, you know, I mean, they, they showed basically they showed themselves against Cathedral. Yeah, big, if big, they're just fella, not there. Cello Wooski, whatever you pronounce his name, he can figure it out. Sturgeon said he's got some, has some slow D1 sniffing around him this weekend. Well, yeah, sure. He's got he got great size. He's got really good hands that I saw, and then he just struggled to finish. That's that's kind of where that went. No, for sure. If, I, if I'm a, if I'm even on the mid D one at this point, I'm a low mid major. I would I would check him out. Yeah, six eleven is hard hard to find. Moves pretty well. Yeah. Well, anything else? I mean, I, I don't know. We've, at this point, we're, just, we're rambling. We touched on a lot of things. We, I think we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I figured that's the way it would go. I didn't want a whole lot of structure because, I, you know, I, you and I can just talk. I mean, it's it's probably going to be a two-hour podcast, and people will probably turn it off by now. So, <laughs> if, if you're still listening, contact us. Yeah, yeah thanks. DM, send us a DM. Um, but no, all right, well, this is – Appreciate it. Moratorium week. I'm not sure what we'll talk about next week. I don't, you know, we could preview July, but I mean, Indiana team, especially that first weekend, will be scattered about. I think the next weekend, a lot of them will be in Louisville. 
And then the third weekend, there'll be a lot of teams in Indiana, you know, playing in Indianapolis. But I think that first weekend, it's going to be literally everybody kind of dusting the wind, just a drift across the state. We're starting out in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Wow. We're playing in two events at the same time. <laughs> so we're going to play in a, in a bracket. Um, and then we're going to get two showcase games alongside that bracket. And then depending on how we do in the bracket, we may get additional. We'll get a, we're going to play six games regardless. So there's a, there's a guarantee of, of is either one or two bracket games. And then we'll get two showcase games, period. Because we, we, we could get four bracket games. Is that how it's going to go? Four bracket games, maybe five. I think it's, I can't remember how it's phrased, but, but somehow we could end up with additional showcase games and it's, it's supposed to be a pretty big turnout. There's going to be a lot of uh, Nike and Under Armour teams down there as well. Where are you going? So we'll, Atlanta? Yeah, so the, the, elite 30, the Elite 32. Okay. It's really the Elite 64, but there's 32 teams in a bracket will be part of that. And then around that, we're going to get showcase games. Um, at least, like I said, at least two. So we could get seven games down there. That will definitely be worth the trip. Yeah. So I'm excited about that one. And then we're doing the NY2LA stuff, the midweek, or the mid the middle event, and then Indianapolis, we're doing uh, Pangos. So we're going to have a pretty, so, pretty good schedule. Should... All right. Yeah, if you need to crash, we, we, I could probably figure that out. You need to crash up here instead of paying 250 bucks for a hotel. Man, this week, oh, this weekend I changed my reservation to stay two nights. Yeah, and there were no hotels, so yeah, just I, I'm not going to tell know. people. I'm not going to tell you where I ended up. It was south of 56th Street. Oh, there you go. Yeah, just yeah, just let me know. We'll get it wild. figured out. Not that we need to sort this out on the podcast, but all right. Anything else? Did we forget anything? Well, that's it. Cool. We're going to skip the reads. This was an extra pod, so we're going to skip the reads. And, and Nick, I appreciate it. We'll, we'll keep working together. We'll get other stuff figured out. And uh, we started putting stuff behind a paywall. And we picked up, we picked up some subscriptions, so that's good. Um, good, good, week, good weekend talking to coaches, too. That was fun. So. Well, but uh, again, I appreciate your time and look forward to doing it again. And, and we'll, we'll definitely be talking more, at least if not in July, after the July period. And we'll, we'll go through some kids that we think maybe really raised their stock along the way. Anytime, Jim. All right, cool, man. A lot of fun, buddy. We'll talk All right, everybody that's listening, thanks. We, we know we went really long today, but uh, if you're still listening, great. Even if you're not still listening, uh, we're, we're at least glad you – turned it on a little bit and then you didn't hear me say thank you. So <laughs> all right, man, you have a good night. Thanks guys. Nick, thanks, bud. See ya. See ya.